Welcome to the 353rd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on September 10th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show with me is the man who is celebrating an anniversary, Carlos Rodella. Oh, yeah. Thanks. I forgot to uh, mention that on the podcast before this moment happened. But yeah. episode 351, which happened a little while ago, was my 200th show. That's wild, dude. 200 shows. Yeah. It's a lot of shows. I mean, when you think about it, we do weekly shows. So if you've done 200, you've done 200 shows and there's, what is there, 52 weeks in a year? Is that right? Yes. 52 weeks. So that means you've been on the show for like a little bit more than four years? Uh, a little more than three years. I don't know if we do math right, because that seems off. Well, if there's 50, if there's f like almost four years, and then you probably were on a couple. I bet there's a couple off ones, too. Yeah. But if there's 52, so at most there would be uh, 208, and you've just done 200. So, yeah, man, just about four years. All right. Wow. That's crazy. It's a long time. That's a commitment. It is. Time flies by, though, when you're having fun talking about video games. Is that like the paper? Do I owe you like a gift? Do I need to get you something made of like paper or is it tin? What is that that thing when people get married, they have that whole list of stuff, the appropriate gifts? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, like um, um, what's that Like called? 50 years is like the diamond anniversary. Yeah, 20 yeah, years yeah. is like the silver anniversary. No, I don't want anything, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I don't uh, want anything. Starbucks gift card, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> no, by the way, but yes, I will take that. Um, but also... You know, just doing the podcast and also getting codes, playing games early, uh, the stuff that we get from the podcast is good enough. Like, that's awesome. All right. Fair enough. Well, and happy also, anniversary, it, my friend. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Uh, I also say it got us through the pandemic and got us through, you know, tough parts of life is to just kind of meet up and talk about games. That's so. for sure. I was definitely holding on to something regular to keep me sane. I, I'm mm -hmm. sure other people were as well. And, and people did tell us that as well. So yeah, yeah. If we were helping anybody keep their head on straight during, uh, during the pandemic, uh, that's great. I mean, the ongoing pandemic, but yeah, we're glad to be here. Glad to be a source of support for sure. And it's been great to have you aboard, buddy. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> likewise. <laughs> Thanks. I love it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I guess. All right, folks, we're starting off a little loopy, but that's okay. It feels like it's been longer than a week, and I'm looking at my agenda, and I was like, I don't know about you, dude, but like this is a week where I was like, oh my God, I need to hurry up and get to the podcast because I need to clear my slate of all the stuff. Uh, I don't know about you, but like when we get um, codes and stuff, I always look at the embargo, and I go, okay, well, this game is you know embargoed until XYZ, so that means I don't need to play it for like two weeks because I can't even talk about it now. So I, I kind of schedule things out, right? Mm. And so a lot of the stuff that I play is already kind of just dictated by the release date of the embargo. But this week, man, I just like hit a bunch of stuff where I'm like, okay, I just really want to like uh, move on to the next week. So please, podcast, hurry up, get here. Let me talk about these games. Let me clear my slate and get on to the next batch of stuff. Do you ever, oh, you ever feel like that or no? Is that well, just me? we have different kind of schedules too. And you have a whole website and everything. Yeah. Uh, so you get a lot more things coming your way. And I kind of pick and choose. But so it's a little different, but I do have the kind of like, I want to clear the slate in my brain. Yeah. Because yeah. both of us having the podcast, that's kind of what we do. We kind of like, you know, spit it back out to the world. For sure. For sure. Um, so yes to that, especially today, because I have like six games. You're fully um, loaded. Yeah. Fully loaded. Got to get, get rid of those and then move on. But also, I want to move on because I want to try to find the game to like dig into. 
you know, yeah. that I love. Yeah. So. Well, you've got uh, you've got that um, cyberpunk thing coming up pretty soon, right? Oh, I can't wait. It's actually really soon, like a couple it's weeks. Very soon. Yeah. Okay. So before you know it, that'll be here. You'll be like, you know, neck deep in that thing. And you've are you done with Baldur's Gate three? Did you finish it or did you I reach didn't a stopping finish point? It. Quick, uh, you brought up two points. One, cyberpunk. Um, because I have a dagger or like a knife that does like three thousand damage. Yeah, you're Mr. Melee. Um, I remember. When I but three thousand is like a strong number for that game. Um, when I go to that DLC, like that's gonna be over in seconds. Like maybe you should stop using the knife. No, I want to use last my longer, knife, man. No, I made I worked hard for that knife. I um, get it, but you're gonna be so sad when you burn through that in like six hours, and you're gonna be like, oh my I god, am, I'm gonna. I'm sorry, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. Right. I want to show the DLC what I've built myself up to be. <laughs> All right. <laughs> No, I'm going to destroy through that, but there's going to be like some leftover, like they're making a whole section of the city, um, which I don't want to spoil, but I actually know quite a bit about it. Okay. Um, they're making a section of the city like more open and available than it used to be in the regular game. Okay. So I'll still be able to like mess around, you know what I mean, after I beat the DLC. Um, right. And then to your point, what was your other point? Um, My other point was, I don't remember. Oh, you just said it. Did I? Uh, oh, I said Baldur's Gate. What, Baldur's did you Gate, that? right. Yeah. No, so... Because I did that game obsessively for so long, it's such a huge game and like totally takes your whole mind share, right, to play that game. Yeah, yeah. And I made a million TikToks and stuff, and um, it's just tiring. So like, I'm in the third act, the last section, and I just don't want to do it right now. You need to take a break. Yeah, and I know a lot of people that are like that because Baldur's Gate, you could spend a hundred hours and not get to like the second act of the game. Yeah. So that's kind of what I did, and I, I, again, created so much content and just had fun with the systems, which it's an amazing game. Um, if you're doing numbers, but we're not really, but it's like, in my mind, kind of like a nine. It's like fucking incredible. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just totally exhausted. So I'm taking well, a break. that makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I don't play massive games all the time um, for various reasons, but I mean, I think in large part, just because I don't really click with them that often, but... You know, that kind of reminds me of when I was playing um, Witcher 3. I think I mentioned this before, but Witcher 3 is one of my all-time favorite games, just, just bar none. Mm-hmm. But it's so long, and I was enjoying it so much. I wanted to do, like, literally every quest, right? I wasn't going to leave anything behind. But if you do that, like you said, like, you know, you can spend 100 hours just fucking around, and you're not even even close to the end game, right? So I did take, God, I think I took, like, a six-month break. I hit, like, 100 hours in Witcher 3, and I'm like, this is awesome, and I don't want to just mainline to the end because I'm going to be missing all these quests that I think will be awesome as well. But I literally can't play this right now because my brain's going to melt. And I put it aside for six months, came back to it, and I put like an extra 100 hours into it. So like altogether, like 200 hours, but yeah. not not back to back, you know what I'm saying? Not continuously. Yeah, yeah we talked yeah. about it on the podcast because I remember you coming back to it. Yeah, I did. Because we had both had played it. Now, when we first talked about it, I had already beaten it. And played like one of the DLCs. Yeah. And you told me, I remember now, you said like I put it away for a minute. Yeah. But then like uh what's it called? Blood and wine or something? Is yeah, Blood it? and Wine and Hearts of Stone. I yeah. Think, when uh, they they were coming out, I remember you went back to it. I think that's when you went back to it. Yeah, I think Hearts of Stone is what made me dig it back out because I felt like I mean, I had put it down for six months. I was refreshed. I had played probably fifty other games in between sessions and yeah. You know, and I kind of missed it. So that was good. I'm glad I didn't rush it because I would have missed out on a lot of really good stuff. But it's just like you know, it's like somebody puts the most delicious steak in the world in front of you, and it's like nine pounds. And you're like, this is fucking great, but I don't know that I can eat all nine pounds right now. And you probably can't. So, yeah. yeah. Now, again, we've said it before, but there's something to be said about short experiences that yeah, are really sure. good. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, is why I like the Cyberpunk DLC. I'll be like, this is amazing for six hours. And then, and then you're it. good. Yeah. yeah, for sure. 
All right, folks, uh, let's see. I guess we kind of like inadvertently started the housekeeping, I guess. Let me do the whole yeah, we're in it. thing. We're kind of in it, but let's I got to just, just say it. the thing. No, you don't I have to say the thing. No, don't I say the thing. Oh, my God. Let's I do it. Let's, wrong. let's be crazy. It. Let's be All right, crazy. We, just, we stumble fucked our way into housekeeping. Ah. We just fell through the door. We're just rolling around the block. You're like going to be mad that we didn't do the intro. You could do it's, the intro if you want. No, it's fine. It's fine. We're, okay, we're going to skip the intro. Housekeeping. But folks, pretend like we did the housekeeping intro. We're going to skip it because we already started. Wait, wait, wait. Can I do the housekeeping? Go ahead. Go for it. I've never done it in 200 episodes or 200 episodes that I've been on. Okay. It's all you. Here we go. All right, folks. Uh, as you may well know, is by that listening... supposed to be me? Are you doing my voice? Yeah, I'm doing you, but I, not your voice. Hold All on, right. let me do it again. Try again. All right, folks. As you know, Carlos and I, <laughs> Brad and I, share a house divided down the middle with duct tape. Yes, this is housekeeping. <laughs> There you go. That's, That's pretty, pretty much good, the same dude. thing. That's pretty good. I do love that you said your own name, though. That's pretty good. <laughs> I know. Carlos and I. Also, Brad's here. All right. It's Carlos, Carlos, and Brad. Let's talk about housekeeping here. Um, we kind of, I don't know. We kind of just already started already. You want to keep going, or what else you got in, in the housekeeping? Yeah, I just got one big main box, which is um, Starfield. I just want to touch on it for a second. Yes, the um, biggest box full of shit. Starfield. It's full of shit, for sure. For me, um, anyway, it is. For you more, and I apologize for that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Your fault. You know, not my fault. But yeah, just a kind of uh, a couple two cents on it, and then I probably won't talk about it for a while. Um, as you know, or maybe you don't know, uh, people listening, as I beat the game twice... I probably spent 60 hours in it now. Something nuts. Something okay. nuts. Okay. You know? Uh, so I can, you know, clearly talk to everything about it. Well, you know, according to people on the internet, if you haven't spent at least 100 hours, you've got nothing to talk oh, about. Oh, right. Okay. You don't even get to talk because you haven't hit the big one zero zero yet. Well, let's talk about that quickly. One, um, yeah, we, we changed the title of that uh, Starfield uh, episode that we did to be five hours and then 30 hours because that's how it worked we basically did two chats and i think the biggest thing that was confusing for people on the internet some of them were that they thought we just played five hours and that's it we reviewed it but no we talked about it for five hours then we waited for two weeks and then we came back when we had both played a ton of right it. and just to be clear i don't think it was really confusing i think there were some bad actors out there who took some some of our quotes out of context intentionally and made it look like we had reviewed the game after five hours, which just simply did not happen. Yeah, that just wasn't even remotely close to what happened. So a lot of people were getting off, making us look bad by making us, you know, like throwing that whole games journalism thing around. And, you know, I my inbox was full of crap for a while and I was just blocking people left and right. But, you know, anybody with half a brain could have seen what we did and in fact it's funny because um i had a whole bunch of people attacking me on twitter and i did talk you know i didn't reply to most of them a lot of them were just like opening with like real nasty stuff anybody who talked about my mom like got instantly blocked right but there's a couple people who like were like this was very concerning and i'm you know like if, if they even remotely tried to approach it in a polite way i informed them of exactly what happened yeah uh, i even had a little cut and paste thing where i was just cut and pasting it and a couple people were like oh Oh, okay. Well, I didn't, you know, I was, I was tricked by those quotes. I yeah. didn't realize that's what happened. And, and a couple of people even apologized, which is great. So kudos to people who actually were willing to listen and find out what the fucking facts were. But I did block like 900 people. So yeah. it was a very small Jeez. percentage. No, but you're right. Like I definitely had conversations, not too many, but, um, and if anybody ever comes at me and, and asks me questions about stuff, even in a kind of semi negative way, um, actually in a very negative way, sometimes I just reply with like, you know, kill them with kindness and almost 100% of the time, I win in that way because 
I'm just explaining like my situation and it's not like, I'm not coming back negative. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, I did that a little bit with this review, but not much because to my point and why bringing it up is that after our, you know, recording and some of the, you know, weird vitriol and stuff, um, a ton of people said the same thing that we said. Yes, you know, you like, are exactly correct. You were seven, sending me like YouTube video after YouTube video, yeah, after yeah, quote yeah. after quote of people who are very well established in the industry, just as established as, as we are, saying literally the fucking same thing that we said. They just said it a week later. Yeah, a week later. Dr. Disrespect, obviously massive. Penguins, Darth Microtransaction. I follow these guys. Hip Hop Gamer, a friend of mine, uh, gave it, I think, six or something. But like, yeah, it's just like there's other reasons why a lot of us don't like it. Um, and that being said, I played 60 hours of it and beat it twice. So anybody who's trying to come at me, it doesn't make any sense because I played the game a ton and enjoyed parts of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The six or seven and what I wanted to kind of say here is my last piece for a while comes from. And if you listen to Hip Hop Game, you listen to Dr. Disrespect, all these other people who kind of agree with us. It's it's not because um, we didn't have some fun with it. And because I like Bethesda, I don't like not like them. And I love RPGs. Um, it's because of the things it could be and because of the menu and the kind of systems that got in the way of us having fun. And if I, I went back to listen to our original chat, and that's what I said a lot, which was that I'm, the game was fighting me. And that's true. Like a lot of it was like in menus, I was fast traveling, and it just basically was missing that mark that I got from Skyrim, that I got from Fallout, right? Uh, there's a great YouTuber, by the way, named Veritas, or mm -hmm. Vertias. V-E-R-T-I-A-S. Okay. He said it the best, and I just sent you that video in an email. It basically, it's like I went back to play Fallout 4 just to see if I was crazy, you know? Mm, yeah. And he did too and kind of like did a YouTube video of it. But what it is is in the beginning of Fallout 4, you're totally invested. Like yeah. you, you literally are like walking around in 1950s. It's got a pretty wild beginning. I remember that, yeah. 1950s sci-fi home, and then you hear about the atom bomb and, you know, whatever, nuclear fallout. You go to the, the to shelter, you watch your wife get killed. It's a huge deal. You immediately want to go into that game and that world, and you understand right. everything. And Skyrim's the same thing. In that cart, the jokey meme about the, being on that cart, right. you learn so much in that moment on the cart. And in this game, like he explained in his YouTube video, you basically like are a miner. You have no real reason to be you know, interested in this world or that you're place in it. And no one tells you anything. They just give you a dialogue option of like, ask me a bunch of questions, you know? And it's not like you tell being told the story. Yeah. So I, I guess that's what it is. It's that mixed with, you know, not caring about what I'm doing and also not feeling any connection to the character. And also there's the sense of exploration, like in Skyrim, it's just gone. Yeah. Because the only exploration is the side missions, which are in these hub towns. And then everything else procedure generated isn't exploration and fun that Bethesda usually gives me. Yeah, That's my final two cents, because that is really the crux of what I was trying to get at and why I knocked it down in score. Because if it doesn't do that, then what am I playing it for? Yeah, I mean, I think you I think you summarize it well on that podcast, especially in the second half when you had already finished the game by that point. Um, you know, and I think I haven't touched it since then. I probably will never, ever go back to it. I've got too many other really fun things to play. But I think it's just worth saying that, number one, um, you know, according to the scale that we used, and we even discussed this on the show, like six is still like above average. And I think that without getting into the whole broken review scale of the entire industry, I mean, I think anybody listening could hear our rationale about what that was about. But also, 
I, I think number one, it's possible to like a game and get enjoyment out of it while also seeing issues inherent in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't just because you like something doesn't mean it has to be a nine. Like you can like something and see the positives, have a good time with it, but still also take a step back and be like, yeah, but there's these issues and here's this other thing. I still like it and you can still like it. Your enjoyment does not have to translate to a high number. Like my favorite thing in the world probably isn't a 10. Totally. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. And that's why numbers get in the way and we probably I just don't ever want to do them again. <laughs> well, that's a whole that's a whole other thing. We're not going to talk about that now. But, but to your point real quick, um, yeah. there's this game for PlayStation 1. Uh, if you remember this, it's called Running Wild. Oh, of course. Yeah. I remember just when you Wild. popped it, when you said that, it popped in my head. That game is a six, maybe. Right May at best, at six. best on a on the best the graphics day when it are got like up. bad. Yeah. yeah, the graphics are bad for the time. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But it's fun as shit, bro. If you had that loaded up right now, I would play that shit for like four hours straight. I love the idea of running as a racing game. Like yeah. they just don't do that much, you know. So like that's a fun as shit game. That's like a six. Yeah, so I mean, that's I totally a good agree. Example. I totally agree. Many many of my favorite experiences are nowhere near a ten, and just because I like them doesn't make them a 10 like i i need people to like really get that and i don't know that people do i mean the people listening to our show i'm sure they probably get it because we have smart beautiful handsome people listening to our show they get it they're amazing people but like people out there the people who were just like coming at me and their only rationale was i had a great time with this and i'm like i believe you bro i bet you had a wonderful time and that's fine but that doesn't have anything to do with rating the technical merits rating the design rating the writing you can like anything you want but that doesn't mean just because you like it's not a 10 you know and i think for me anyway and again just become just to circle back again final time it's just like i think that when you stack it up against bethesda's other games and like like you just said it lacks a lot of the things that bethesda is known for yes um, like the exploration sense of place a lot of the fun fun bits that you can have like they've, they've kind of just sliced and diced it in a weird way so didn't work for me and that's fine works for a lot of people that's fine too um, I don't think we're going to talk about it on the show again. It's certainly not going to be on my uh, top 10 list this year. Not even close. Um, but I'm glad that we're finally moving on to something else and we can put a bow on it for now. We'll put a bow on it. And uh, I will say this also, my last boa, my last bow that I'll place mm-hmm. um, is I did originally have as a seven because I went back to listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. And so it could float between 6.5 and 7.5 in my mind. Okay, sure. just to put that out there because... There was moments when I was having really fun. I liked the ending. I liked the idea of a the new game plus, and I did play it for a fuck ton of time because it's melee, and sure. I could like you know. So there's fun to be had there, and like you said, tons of people are having like they're losing their whole lives to it and just like sure. engrossing, and that's great because we all need that in this world. So that's fine. But yeah, I think it's just a score. It's just stupid. If it if it gets you through and you're enjoying it, I don't want to take that away from you. No or way. Anybody who's loving Starfield, go love it. I don't fucking care. Yeah, enjoy that game. You bought it. Just just dig into it and have fun. You don't need to bring any garbage to my, my front door. You don't need to attack me on Twitter. And if you don't like what we said about it, that's totally okay. I respect that. We can just go our separate ways. It's fine. Yeah. So we'll go our separate ways from Starfield for now. Yes. Um, I play, Again, played the shit out of it. I'm very tired. <laughs> I played yes. a lot of time. Um, okay, a couple other small boxes. Um, I just want people to check out the No Clip podcast. Uh, I love No Clip. They make great documentaries on YouTube, but his podcast is really great. Uh, so check that out. And then also, I can't beat Fort Solace. You what? Fort, Fort Solace? Solace, whatever. Oh, we talked about we talked about this, what, last week? Two weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, and I said I was going to beat it for the podcast. I can't, bro. I can't. You, why not? What happened? It's too slow. It's too slow. 
<laughs> I thought slow? you were going to say there's a big monster at the end of it, but Ned's just too slow. It's too slow. Oh, the walking I'm, speed and stuff. I'm in the yeah. last act or whatever, and, and everything's so painfully slow that like I can't get to the thing. Oh, and then I man. like I played sometimes late at night, and I'm like already kind of fading out, you know? Right, right, right. It's not a good thing to play late at night. It doesn't think. get you pumped up, doesn't keep you awake. No, you know? it's Sleepy Town. So how, I love the art direction. I love a lot of what they did. But man, oh man, if it was either shorter or just you could run, you know, your character can't run, um, everything's painfully slow. So I have not beat it yet. I thought I was going to, but man, I couldn't. Oh, that's okay. I already forgot about it, so I wasn't really oh. like jonesing for you to bring it back to the show. But I like what they funny. did. I like what I liked some of their accomplishments. I just they. Ha- I mean, perfect example of somebody who had a great idea and it just didn't quite get there. But I agree that first couple hours is real strong. But you know, it's you got to do more than just the first couple hours. It's it's tough. It's tough to make something all the way through. You know, it is. It's just like a movie or independent film or TV yeah. show or anything like that. Yeah. But I would say this: if th- I don't think they're listening, but if anybody's listening, to, they could tell them if they could just patch a run button. That's Man. what literally everybody said. In fact, didn't you say this? Didn't you take? Didn't you say they were gonna patch a run button in? Did I? Maybe you did, but I heard somebody say they were. Cons- they heard the feedback. They were considering patching in a run button, but only in areas where you weren't doing exploring, which is like from your car to the front door. Or anytime like, you leave a bunker area, there's like yeah, you go to other like, buildings. Yeah, like that. They're gonna pat. They said they would consider patching a run in. Oh, but they are not considering it for like the exploration, like when you're in the office. Dumb. And stuff it should like be that. everywhere. It should be. I, I played that. I played I enough of that game to know and invested myself in the story to know that run button should be the whole time. It should be the whole time. I agree. Because I agree. you still have to like look at recordings. You still have to pick up you know keys. There's no reason. Anyways, yeah. And by the way, I was out in the wilderness with the storm going, and I couldn't run out there either. So, anywho, that's anyway. all I was to say. I couldn't beat it. Um, and then anything for you on your side? Yeah, I got just a couple things. Um, first off, I want to just uh, – we don't usually do this. We haven't done this really ever in, like, however many episodes it's been, 300 and whatever, whatever episodes. What is what is today's episode? 353. We haven't really done this in, in 353 episodes, but I figure it's quite time to be – Asking folks, if you want to review our podcast anywhere, that would be great. We're trying to up our discoverability. So if you want to leave, uh, you know, a five-star review or whatever review, I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy who's like only five stars. But No, that's weird. I mean, you want to talk about fucked up review scales. I mean, I think the video game review scale is, is healthy and vibrant compared to the five stars or nothing review scale of like all the app stores and stuff like that. But whatever. Um, if you want to leave us a review, that would be great. But also if you want to um, just share our podcast, if you want to like retweet or reskeet, if you're on Blue Sky or anything, whatever, whatever social media you're on, I would really appreciate a share or even just telling somebody about it, I think is really valuable as well. No, no recommendation is as good as heartfelt word of mouth from somebody who believes in something. Most of my favorite things that I've found or maybe my favorite recommendations are not from like a retweet or anything I saw, but just somebody saying, oh, hey, Brad, I think you would like to play this. Or, hey, Brad, you would probably like this restaurant or like, you know, anything like that. Somebody somebody who thinks about something and tells it to you has mm-hmm. way more weight than just seeing something randomly shared. So if anybody out there listening likes our show uh, and would like to, to share this joy with others, please do. It would be great. And if you could help our discoverability in any way that you would choose to, I would be eternally grateful. Yes. Thank you for doing that in yeah. advance. Absolutely. Thanks in advance. Um, the only thing I really have for housekeeping is I want to do a circle back. I'm trying to get into this habit of bringing something to the show, talking about it, but then I haven't finished it, right? But if I feel like it's good enough to finish, 
I want to come back and do a score, and I'm going to do that today. I did it. Uh, I think I've been doing it on the shows that you're not here, mm. but this is you're finally here back, so you can hear me doing it now. I want to circle back to Goodbye Volcano High, which I played last episode and talked about that in depth. You can go back and hear the details there, but just for a brief recap, in case you didn't hear that episode, or for Carlos, who wasn't here, uh, Goodbye Volcano High is a visual novel slash animated film. Um, it's basically like this really high quality, super slick cartoon that you watch, but you also make choices, narrative choices, and you also do like some music mini games and a few other mini games. Um, but large part, it's, you know, I feel like it's kind of fair to say it's a visual novel, but like it's so slick. The graphics are fucking amazing. The animation is really amazing. The voice work is fantastic. Every voice in this game is just like tops. And I found out after the fact that it was Sarah Elmaleh who did the voice direction and she did a spectacular job. She understands voice directing 100%. Mm. And I couldn't have been happier with the voices. Um, basically the story is that you play a group. Well, you play Fang who I believe is an Archaeopteryx. I think every character in this game is a anthropomorphic dinosaur. Oh, that's what it is. Cause yeah. I knew there was some sort of animal person. Yeah. 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 Everybody is an anthropomorphic dinosaur. And this takes place back in prehistoric times. Although it's kind of a weird mix because they got shoes and there's like um, iPods and, you know, like they're they're like kind of like human society-ish, but they're, they're still dinosaur people. Um, anyway, they Fang is in high school and the rest of her friends are in high school. So it's kind of a coming of age story about like where you are now, what your next phase of life is going to be. And sometimes when you grow apart from friends where maybe you've been really close all through, you know, junior high, high school, whatever. But as you get close to that cusp of going out in the real world, you see that maybe not everybody is on the same track. Maybe some things that you shared in the past, maybe still share them, still friends. But like, you know, one person's path is not the path for everyone. I mean, I don't know about you, Carlos, but I remember going through that exact same thing when I was in high school where my best friend at the time um, started getting into some stuff that I wasn't really too into. But, you know, we were still friends and everything. But then we, when we started talking about what we were going to do after high school, I mean, his ideas were very different from my ideas. I mean, I think he was going to enlist in the Navy. And I was like, I'm super not doing that. And so that may have been the right choice for him. It wasn't the right choice for me, but we were still friends. But we just ended up being on different paths, right? Did you ever have that experience yourself? I'm trying to think about that. Um, and by the way, this kind of brings up a note. And I, it's interesting. It's kind of my first question before you even go into your final review of it. Yeah, but like, yeah we have talked about games like this before and how it's hard for us to connect to them Yeah, because those moments are so far removed from our lives. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering how you've found the connection there because for me, it's really hard to get into a game where I'm thinking about those choices that I made so long ago. Well, you know, that's a good point because we have said that many times and I don't generally like teenage protagonists um because i feel like they keep hitting the same tropes over and over and they don't really do like much of an examination uh, like for example like you know whenever you get like a teen protagonist and a jrpg or something i'm just like oh like okay whatever like it's like the same the same notes over and over and it's funny because speaking of openings and starfield and how you know people say it's starfield like it's got you gotta put 12 hours in before it gets good like in in this game goodbye volcano high I think I played like the first opening scene, which is maybe like 
three minutes, four minutes. I was in, dude. I'm like, yeah. oh yes, I'm in. Like this is this has got me. So you don't need twelve fucking hours to get somebody into your fucking game. You no, just you need don't. a good start to your game. And another game I'll talk about today also has that same kind of thing. So yeah, you can just get you can you can get hooked right away. Yeah, you can. And so and I will be perfectly honest, dude. When I started this, I was like, oh, okay, teenagers, uh, I don't know. I'm like this old crusty ass senior citizen. I don't know if I can reconnect. But man, they totally got me, dude. I think the voices are great and that helps. The performances are very strong. Um, I think also we don't normally spend a lot of time on this particular aspect, right? Like when you're on the cusp of breaking away. And I think that's kind of what got me. Um, mm, that's a difference. Okay. Yeah. Like the difference of like, I, we are still friends, but we are no longer so close or we are making different choices and our choices. The thing that is right for me, that is not right for you is what's kind of driving us apart. And do you bridge that or do you not bridge that? Um, so I think that was something that really resonated with me because you don't even have to be a high schooler to have that. I mean, I can think of many friends, um, you know, after I got out of high school in my adult life where it's like, you know, we were friends and then all of a sudden they make a choice that I feel like I can't get on board with or vice versa. And then maybe we're still friends, but like we're not the same because of, of something that happened or, you know, they, they chose a different path or a different job or they moved or whatever, something like that. So, so that I think was kind of a really key part. But I think the other part was that... Uh, and I don't think this is a spoiler. I think they I think they talk about this in the trailer. It's even in the opening logo. So I don't feel like this is a spoiler. But, um, you know, the current theory about what happened to the dinosaurs is giant meteor, right? Like wiped them out because of like, I don't know, big, big meteor hit the earth, dust cloud, killed all life, et cetera, et cetera. So that that's in this game. Like uh, as after the first couple moments, you realize there's a giant fucking meteor heading for earth and all these dinosaur people they know about it and they're like, it's coming. And then to see how they deal with that really connected me really strongly. I mean, in large part because of COVID, right? I mean, it's it's funny because my I let my son play this, my 14-year-old son. I'm like, I think you'd really like this because you're like in the age bracket. Plus, you're going through some of the stuff. Play this. Let me know what you think. And, he, and like, he plays the game, right? After the first session, he comes up and he's like, Dad, what the fuck? I'm like, what? He's like, there's a giant fucking meteor coming to hit Earth. And like, this is not even believable. People aren't even doing anything. I'm like, oh, really? You think that's not believable? What are people doing about COVID? And he's like, uh, oh, right. yeah. so not only COVID, but also the ecological thing that we're going through now where Earth is literally boiling us to death Ugh. and we're fucking around. We're just fucking around. We're What's... still boiling. We we're digging for oil and we're burning gas and we're not yeah, changing we're anything. Doing the wrong right? things. But I was just going to say, just not too tangent, but like in Seattle, today it's going to be 80. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. And then like, oh, tomorrow... I bring this up because, again, people aren't talking about it. Like, what the hell? Right. It's right in front of our faces. Yes. Tomorrow it's going to go down to 71 or something and be like, oh, kind of like fall weather again. Then then literally two days later, 80 again. Yes. And then like three days later, 88. Are you fucking kidding me? What yeah, is wrong? I mean, That's like what, what, broken. What, what evidence do we need, dude? What more, yeah, we are, 88. We are, yes. We are living. It's we're, We are neck deep in all these signs, all these scientists that are like screaming at us being like, oh, my God. The polar ice caps are melting. The 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 global temperatures are rising. We're seeing Greece fucking. I just watched the news report yesterday. So Greece, they got three years worth of rain in two days, and now the government of Greece is saying, well, you know, I think that maybe we're going to have permanent lakes where we permanent. used to have dry land. That's fucked up, dude. Like, so anyway, not that we need. I mean, this is all well, very serious. We it is very serious. Let me just finish that that tangent. Go ahead. Go ahead. By say, everybody, go check out the movie. Don't look up. Please go check out that movie, yes. Because that is exactly what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. So okay. so that's, I think, what kind of got me, right, is because not only is it the 
divergence of path. Not only is it the outstanding performances, mm. the script, super organic. It feels like everybody in this is just like a person. I mean, they're dinosaurs. Yeah, whatever. But put that aside. It just feels like people talking in a very realistic way. Yeah. And I was I was easily getting sucked into it because I was like, oh, those are the jokes I would kind of make. Or like I could, I had a friend who talked like that. Or, yeah. You know, like you, you can. It feels real. Right. But also the sense of impending fucking global disaster. And what does that mean for you on a day to day basis? Because these characters often say, hey, man, there's like a big meteor coming. What am I supposed to do? And they're like, well, what can we do? Yeah. You know, in our particular case. There is stuff we can do, so that's a whole different question. But the idea of like one individual person stopping COVID, one individual person stopping global warming or or stopping fascism, right? One individual person feels kind of helpless, but if you get together with people, you've got some power, you get together with your local government or something, you got even more power. So that concept of like, how do you live your life on a day-to-day basis, minute to minute, hour to hour, when you know this giant fucking Mack truck is gonna come and smack the shit out of you yeah. And it's, you know, there's nothing you can just stop it, right? So that was very fascinating to me. Um, and I just really loved how they handled that. So even though on the surface, this doesn't seem like something that either you or I would connect with, I was in from the from the get-go and it held my attention like all the way through, dude. Like I yeah. was just, I was I was glued to it. You said enough things that make, that differentiate it from the, the kind of things that we can't connect to, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's like a, a multiple things going on there, so. Yeah, so, it's... It's really good, really good. What's this? You're gonna score this one? Yeah, I gotta score this one. I feel like um, I just I had a wonderful time all the way through. I really appreciated. Uh, I mean, number one, like the production quality. I can't even describe to you how good it is. This could be easily like a TV show that you would watch, like some high quality cartoon that you would watch on TV. Like it looks great. It moves great. Sound is great. Everything is great. The direction is great. Um, the musical numbers are wonderful. I was like, oh shit! Like I, I'm not usually a guy that gets swept away with music. Um, but man, I was really feeling the music and I felt like it went really well with the game and the moments and everything. And Mm. when it got to the end, I feel like they, I feel like they fucking pulled it off. I feel like they got to the end and I was like, okay, I feel like that was a good ending, you know? And that's, I I mean, real talk, dude. I was like, how the fuck are they going to end this? Like, is the meteor going to crash? Are they going to have happy ever after? Like what's going to happen? And I'm not going to spoil it, but like whatever ending they got to, I was like, yeah, man, I felt that. So, all right. What are, you, all, what are we giving it? All in all, this is pretty spectacular shit. Oh, one more thing. Also, I got to just say, this is an example of what video games can do because I'm sure some people are going to be like, well, you couldn't, this is what, there was no platforming. There was no attack combo. There was, oh, it's not a game. It's just a thing. Yeah. Okay, fine. Whatever. It's an experience that you could only have in the video game medium, right? Like you've got experience, be there, be alongside these characters. You make your choices. You're in it in a way that you wouldn't be in, in a TV show or a book or an audiobook or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is, this is something video games can do. And I think this is a wonderful example of it. So I just really want to highlight that. It doesn't matter that, you know, you didn't have an inventory or that there were no guns or anything like it's just it is oh, what yeah. it is. It's just a video game experience. And I give this uh, this experience altogether. Goodbye, Volcano. Huh? I give it a solid nine. Whoa, nine. Very okay. good. Nine. Solid nine. And we don't do scores much. So that's a pretty big deal. Um, I was going to say also when you mentioned that conversation stuff, which I love in games like this when they get it organic, like you said, super organic is uh, Night in the Woods, one of my favorite games. I th- if I you like, like Night in the Woods, you would like this game. Yeah, because then I'm gonna I'm gonna download it. Um, because yeah, I just love that kind of like s- quiet little simple throwaway conversations that yes. feel real. You know, that's exactly that's what this game is from front to back, dude. Well, there you go. Okay, yeah. I'll download it. All right, goodbye, Volcano High. Had a wonderful time. I think it's uh, a wonderful experience. 
absolutely solid nine. There you go. Okay. That is the opening portion of the show. We got a lot of games to get through. Full script here. Carlos, you ready to roll? Yeah, I got so many. I'm going to burn through some of mine quickly, though, because I a lot of short takes. Yeah, you know, I think today is going to be a short take show, but that's not a problem. We're going to get to it right now. All right, first up, uh, let's turn it back over to you, Carlos. Uh, Little Kitty, Big City. Uh, as we all know, you are a connoisseur of cat games. I knew you were going to be bringing this one to the show, and I am looking forward to your feline take. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if I have a feline take. I have a, a games reviewer take. Okay, that's fine. I'll settle for that. Okay. I don't know what the difference would be. I don't um, know either. Probably more fur. I'm not sure. I was just randomly looking for just like kind of casual games to chill with, and I'm on Steam a lot nowadays, uh, a lot more than I used to be, just checking out demos, and there's a demo out right now. I believe this is on Switch as well, and there's a demo on both, um, which is a great way to check it out. So, yeah, I like games that you play as a cat, and I love Stray. It was one of my infamous nines. It was. Um, I don't know if it's infamous, but yeah, I scored it on this podcast as a nine. There you go. Um, and yeah, I find those really fun and relaxing. And it's, I think, hard to do if you do it right. It's like, you know, you've got to get all the mannerisms of a cat down. And I think Stray did a really good job of it. And I'm here to say Little Kitty Big City, out of nowhere, uh, does it better than Stray. Okay, so oh, that's a, that's a big... It, that's a big statement. It's a big statement. Let me iterate the statement. It's the it is the animation and the movement and the kind of like how you move the cat around is more fun in this game than in, in uh, Stray. Okay, so I can believe that. But tell us exactly what kind of game this is exactly so we can kind of properly frame it. Yeah, it generally it's like third person, third cat. Wait, <laughs> third, third, third cat, cat <laughs> instead of third person. <laughs> That's third funny. Cat third cat. I've never said third that, but it's you. true. Yeah. You know, you're looking at your cat just like Stray, and you're running around like a neighborhood, and you're doing little mischievous things, and there's challenges and kind of like uh, goals and stuff, but none of it really matters too much. It's not like Stray where there was like a pretty strict narrative and like very interesting setting of a robot future, uh, and, you know, had a lot of different kind of things going with it when it comes, comes to like the single-player campaign. This is like just a neighborhood. You're just a cat running around doing cat stuff. Like that's kind of it. And it's um, like like open worldish. I'm assuming. Yeah, openish worldish. And you're trying to go back home at some point. That's kind of like a main thing. But I didn't even care about any of that stuff. As soon as you start, it just shows you the mechanics, which I'll talk about, and then it just lets you have fun. And every once in a while, you do something. It says like, "Hey, you just completed a a thing." You know, like you. What's it called? Like a challenge or something. Mm -hmm. And you didn't even know you did because you just were having fun. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But yeah, what is the game? Is You just play as a cat running around. And why I think it's, yeah, I think it's better than Stray in its like movability and maneuverability is because I remember you saying this at Stray. Stray, you couldn't jump at all. Uh, it was like specific parts you had to be at, right? Like there was like a yeah. prompt before you could do it. You could just walk, and then if there was an area, it would just jump for you, right? Uh, or you, I think did you hit a button? Maybe you I probably think you hit did. a button. Yeah. I think you hit a, like X or something. Like when you got to like a ledge, or like when you got to a, you know, whatever a gap or something, you would. Do yeah, that. but you're like you were going along these paths, and this is just like a platformer game, right? You just run around as a cat and do whatever the heck you want. Gotcha. There's, there's a meow button. There's um, a left and right claw button you know so you can hit things left and right which means you can knock things off counters you have, you have a cat combo you can do a left and a right yes a left and a right but like the first thing is it shows you you can hit things off counters which is always fun to do as a cat annoying 
when a cat does it in real life. I hate um, it in real life. It's it drives yeah, me insane. But it's super fun as as, a, as you play as a game, and then you know you're knocking off plants and smashing them. There's some physics going on, which is always fun. I don't think Stray had too much physics. You know, it's just no, more of a playful. Like no physics at all. Yeah. So it sounds like more of a more of a do whatever you want kind of fuck around as a cat game. Yeah. I remember uh, Untitled Goose Game. It feels like yes. That, okay. Right? Gotcha. So gotcha. Untitled Goose Game, but with cats. Uh, that's what this game is. And you just leave chaos and it's super fun. Um, another thing that's really cool. Oh my goodness. I can't believe this is like uh, a selling point, but it is when you jump, you can just jump or you can aim jump. I think cat jump, aim your cat jump. Sure. And it shows like a trajectory and like little pause where you'll oh, that's land. That's funny. That's funny. And it's like helpful. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're making these like, the big jumps and it shows that cats can do these huge jumps. Like they can do in real life, you know, gotcha. like they can make a super, you know, far jump that you didn't think they could do. Um, so they're all, they're all just small things. Like if there's like a little crack in the ground somewhere and you can get through it, like you just push the button when you're near it and it, it's a totally different animation. You know, like the cats like scurries under this little weird little hole and it comes gotcha. out the other side. Gotcha. So it's just super fun to play. One of the challenges that I didn't know was a challenge. I just saw this paint everywhere. And there's one of my TikToks I put up. There's just paint everywhere, and there's a guy. There's humans in this world. And he was just, like, starting up a painting. But, of course, I could knock over all the paints. So I knocked all the paints and put them on his shoes. You know, I just knocked it on his shoes. And then I walked through the paint and walked on the canvas. This and is then making I, me angry just hearing about this. Well, it's fun as a video game. <laughs> I walked on his canvas with all my little paw prints, and then it said, challenge completed. You made art, you know. And the wow. guy was pissed. Um, and then I attacked his feet. By the way, it was really. Funny. Oh, this this is this is too realistic for me. I can't handle this I love level it. of realism. <laughs> That's the game. I, this is a short review. I really love it. It's like I can't stop playing it. Uh, I think it's probably perfect on the Switch. Um, I'm playing it with my controller on my PC on Steam. The demo's out now. If you like cats, if you like Stray, just get this game. Are you kidding me? There's dogs in it too. What's that famous dog that everybody likes? The Shiba Inu or something. Shiba Inu. Yeah, that cat, that dog's in it somewhere with a handkerchief, if you like him. There's other animals, too. Um, it's endlessly fun. It's super simple graphics, but, man, you pick up things with your mouth, too, which you cannot do in Stray, I don't think. No, you cannot. Um, yeah, just fun. It's fun. Right. Cat Simulator 2023, Little Kitty, Big City. Yeah, totally fun. All right, excellent, excellent. Um, let's keep it going with you, Carlos, since we're kind of knocking out some quickies here. Night at the Gates of Hell. This comes from a pretty well-known indie horror game developer. Do you have their name right off the top of your head? Really? I didn't know they were well-known. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was not hip to them because, you know, I don't play a lot of horror games. But when I talked to some people about this, basically everybody I talked to was like, oh, yeah, that's from so-and-so. And, of course, I've forgotten it. Well, I'm looking at it. Oh, yeah, look it up. Look it up. Torture Stars Video is the publisher, but Black-Eyed Priest... Is says it's the developer. No, that doesn't sound right. But then there's a name, and it's Henry Horror. No, that doesn't sound right either. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it while you're but talking that's the about developer it. Developer name on the Steam page. Oh, it pro- I mean that's probably right. Anyway, okay. They said they did Bloodwash, which I think we also knew about. We never played on the show. Yeah. There's a lot of these PS1 style horror games. It's really making a big comeback. Yeah, and I, and they've made I think only those games. Hmm. Yeah, because right. it's serial killer. Puppet There's Combo. Puppet blood- Combo. What is it? Puppet Combo is what I'm thinking of. Are they the publisher or are they the developer? They're Who neither the on these games. I'm looking at that right now. Black Eyed Priest and Torture Star Video. 
it must be the publisher because Puppet Combo is the, the the people who have put out a bunch of these type of horror games and everybody knew them. Oh, I see it now. Okay, it says Torture Star Video and Puppet Combo. Okay, so, Puppet so they're Combo both publishers, the though. They're publishers. Publisher, publisher. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they basically publish as well as uh, these developers work on these PS1 style horror games. And I've kind of like went in the back burner and, and not tried a lot of them. Um, but I knew that we might, might be able to get a code and then also... Uh, it's getting closer. I want it to be Halloween. <laughs> so I'm like trying to play more horror games. We're kind of so, getting there pretty soon. Well, it's 88 degrees Ish. outside, but yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's Halloween. why. I, yeah, that's why I thought I'd try it. So you tried it. We got you a game. Full disclosure, the developer sent a code. So thank you very much. Uh, I, I'm i not really in the market for these type of games. So I was so very curious to see what you're going to say about it. And I guess... I guess just tell us what happened, because I guess uh, we had a little bit of a surprise start to this thing. Yeah, I texted you what happened when, it, when the game starts. Yep. So I have a positive and a negative. If you didn't uh, expect a positive, there is one. Okay. Um, for one thing, the first positive is, as you started the game, it's a first-person PS1-style horror game. That's all you really need to know. That, get, that gets a good visual. Okay. And, um, you know, the graphics, the very first positive is I love the retro style, the kind of, you know, rounded screen that looks like an old television. And it's like very artifacty, very pixely, but it just fits. Like everything about it, it's got a great vibe. If this came out back in the PS1 era, I probably would have played it. Um, and so the graphics are like that, kind of clunky. And I'm kind of all in in the beginning because I like the menus and everything. And I'm just, I just like the vibe. And the very beginning, you play as a guy, um, I don't know if you change characters later on. I'm kind of confused to what happened, but in general, you're a guy, but you play as this one guy, kind of a prelude to the whole game. And you're walking through the woods, scary, blah, blah, blah. And you, you kind of go, go around the corner and this, uh, girl, you know, get a jump scare. I didn't tell you that in text, but it's a jump scare, but it's your girlfriend. And so she scares you, but it's like, ah, oh. uh, there is some jump scares in this game. <laughs> What was it like? It's like, ah. <laughs> no, but where, by, the, by the way, they really did jump scare me because they do like super loud sure, audio. Sure. You know? oh, that's, I hate that. I, hate I that. know. But it worked. So I was like, what the hell? Anyway, so it's this girl. And like I told you in text, it's so weird. The only part that's a con in the game is that you meet the girl. You go lay down with her. She says, let's hook up or whatever. And then immediately she's naked, which is weird. Naked in PS1 graphics, too. And then you go to, you know, the character goes to have sex with her and she's like, oh, wait, do you have a condom? And he's like, no, fuck that. I hate condoms. And I was like, ah, this feels weird. And before that, by the way, he called her a bitch, which didn't make any sense either. Ugh, he's like, what's this bitch want? You know, why'd, why'd she bring me out to the woods? But then, of course, he warmed up because they're going to have sex. And she, he's like, yay, this is going to be fun. So she's temporarily not a bitch when he's about to yes, get a piece. When he's yeah. about to get something. And then he's mad that he's got to go get a condom. So that whole thing threw me off. And developers, you're listening. There's some positives I like about your game. That's like whack. Like it just felt really out of place uh, and just weird, especially in 2023. It just didn't feel like it fit. Yeah, just hearing about that makes me feel gross. Like I don't need that kind of like misogyny going on. And no, I mean unless I, I, you know, the the argument is always. And again, I haven't played this game. I'm just talking out of just in generalities here. But like whenever some shit like that happens, there's always some guy who's always like. Well, it needs to be that way in order to establish the character. Like, you need to have this thing happen so that you know what's going on. So, I don't know if that happens or not, but I feel like there's like a thousand ways to communicate what you need to communicate without having this kind of... I mean, I didn't play it, but just hearing you 
describe it sounds really gross to me and I don't think I would ever want to play through it. Well, I'll tell you why it could even be patched out. And if, if you're listening, I don't know, devs, if you want to do it, I don't know. It's I'm not going to make that big of a decision for you, I don't think. But that whole thing is kind of like a precursor to the actual game starting. So when you do all that, minor spoiler for this, is that uh, you can walk around and like you go back to the girl with your condom because you did go get it for her, which I guess is, you know, something. And then she's gone and there's just monsters and you have to run away and kind of explore this area. But at some point you're just, you're just going to die. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you use the condom on the monsters. <laughs> you do. Use condom on monster. Monster gets angry. Um, no, no, you can walk around a little while even though she's gone and you don't know what's happened and blah, blah, blah. And I did explore like the area. But the whole idea is that that area isn't the game. And at some point you, you know, die or whatever that character goes away. Then you start the game. And then the game, it does like an intro and it says like, the world's been crazy since, you know, the demons came to the city. And now you're in an apartment building and it's a whole other game. So from that point on, I actually like this game. You know what I mean? That beginning was weird. Interesting. And threw me off. But what happens and why I like the game game is because it was very straightforward. Uh, you're like in an apartment building, in a hallway. They do a very good job of making it very simple to... Go from apartment to apartment, uh, get the things you need. Nothing's hard to find. I never, I never got confused. The narrator or something would pop up at some point and be like, like you know, his inner voice would be like, well, maybe now I could go do that thing. And I was like, oh, thanks. Now I have to yeah. think about what I have to Point do. Point you back in the way. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And then like you, you, they say you turn the power off so one door opens. It's kind of scary or whatever. They do jump scares. You do the other thing, and now you can t- you know, power the elevator or something. Everything just made sense. And then it was also creepy like Silent Hill where like all of a sudden the floor is gone, you know, and, and that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to go in this this room and read this story about these two kids, turn the corner, there's the two kids as monsters. It just, I don't know, everything they were doing was pretty cool. And also here's a fun, fun, kind of simplistic version of a horror game. You collect knives, right? You don't attack, it's not a melee game. You just collect the knives. So if any monster gets close to you, it automatically uses a knife and oh, it interesting. sticks it in the face and like, you know, fake blood comes out, whatever PS one graphics blood. But it always made me feel like it was kind of like uh, tactile or not. Um, what's the word? Tactician. Or I was like thinking about the way I was playing a horror game. Being kind of strategic about, you knew strategic that you had the word of knives. Yes. Yes. I was like, okay, I got three knives. So even if I get rushed, I'm okay. And then there is a gun. So there's some gunplay and you got to shoot him in the head. And then you know how many bullets you have left. So it's just really strategizing my horror experience. Um, and then they would throw, you know, weird wrenches in it. Like all of a sudden a room full of mannequins, but some come to life or something. And I don't know. It just, everything was done pretty damn well. Uh, and I beat the first act and I did not think I'd be playing this game that long. So I'm in the second act now. I'm still playing it. It's creepy enough. It's simple enough. And it hasn't like offended me again. You know what I mean? Like so, it only offended me in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like really good. So I guess just for my own mental clarification, the gameplay you're describing sounds great. Um, you know, if you like the PS1 aesthetic, it sounds like it's got that going on. You know, what the, the clue system, how you're not getting lost. I mean, that all sounds, those all things are in the win column. So I guess in your perspective, Carlos, what did that first scene add, if anything? 
No, it just detracted from the whole game. It like, just detracted from the whole game. So yeah. would you feel like, in your opinion, if they got rid of that opening scene and just changed it somehow or did a completely new opening scene, would that be just as fine? Yeah. Is anything lost by getting rid of that scene? The way you just questioned me, it sounded like I was in court. In your I opinion, need, would you... for the court. Yes. Saying for the court, for the video game court, yeah, get rid of the scene. It doesn't okay. make any sense. You don't need it because in the very beginning of the actual game, it says... It gives you a history of like the world's been taking over, blah, blah, blah. Like the gates of hell opened up and nothing's been the same. It says the whole beginning. Yeah. So there's literally no reason for the prologue. Uh, I get what they're maybe doing for like a horror movie or something, but it was just handled so poorly, I think, with that dialogue. Uh, and everything else feels creepy and weird and Silent Hillish. And, you know, you think you get it because it's demons, but then all of a sudden, like, some weird shit happens. And you're like, wait, what's that? Why are there like priests and stuff? And, yeah, it doesn't like, I don't know, it's pretty cool. It's like weird, and it reminds me of like, um, kind of in a way, it reminds me of LSD Simulator. Do you remember? Uh, I, I Vaguely, yes. Okay, vaguely. well, there's a game where it's like a PS1 game, literally for the PS1, and it was more about like just walking through experiences and stuff. So yeah. while there's shooting in this game, uh, and there's that knife mechanic, which I really like, you just collect them, it's more about like going through these different, worlds and weird things and you're just like you know right. seeing weird shit by the way here's the last cool thing about it okay and video games all over especially games like this which i think are pretty short experiences please do this okay um i was really worried because i had been doing well in the game and i collected enough knives so i never got in trouble and finally i got killed and i was so worried because i'd done so much you know uh, i didn't want to backtrack and blah 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 it just starts you right where you died. Nice. And nice. you don't lose anything. And the monsters you just killed are dead. Oh, that's excellent. How yeah. fucking great is that? Like everything is the same. You just come back to life. And I was like, now that now I'm going to get through your game because so now I'm not like distracted. You know, that says to me that like you just said, kind of echoing and, and supporting your point. This is about the experience. It's not like a skills test or it's not like how tough are you to get through this? It sounds like they want you to have the the horror, the the vibes, the weirdness, the creepiness. And if you die, you you know, you got scared and that was a negative thing. But like you come right back and you're still incentivized to keep going. Yeah. Whereas if you had had to do 20 minutes of the same thing you just did, you, you might have even bounced at that point. right? I would have bounced in seconds, bro. Yeah. yeah. I already had a reason to bounce because I was frustrated by the beginning. Yeah. And then I had a fun time. And if it would have like reset me for the fun time. So, yeah, I'm going to probably finish this game, especially like. Maybe like wait, keep each chapter for like, you know, a little while because I'm excited about this Halloween stuff. But it's like it's on purposely, you know, bad graphics when it comes to the faces and stuff. But it's got like Silent Hill stuff. Like there was definitely like a eagle key or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got like uh, I, I found a head that had a key in its mouth or something. So it's just weird shit. And I just want to see the next weird thing. You know what I mean? Wow, this is a really big turnaround because, I mean, obviously people listening to the podcast were not privy to the discussion we had earlier, but you were really down on it and you, after that first scene, and I, I think rightfully so. It sounds really gross to me and, and kind of inappropriate, uh, but you have really come full circle. Like you, Once you got past that, it seems like this game has a lot going on, and it seems kind of a shame that they start off on such a uh, on a bad foot. Yeah, and I'm I'm grateful for you to text me and say like, <clears throat> just give it a little longer. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you're not wrong. Because it's again a fun, weird experience. The last thing I'll say is the only other con besides the intro, which please just get rid of. Like mm. I don't know if they would do something that crazy, but just cut it out. It really doesn't do anything. Is um the door physics are somewhat broken, so they kind of swing open, you know, like mm -hmm. a saloon doors or whatever. 
and uh, as long as they're unlocked or whatever, and you can get stuck on them and just not be able to get through. Oh, weird. Okay. Um, so you have to like do a running start <laughs> and push through them. Um, just like real saloon doors. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, the gravity is wrong or something's wrong with the physics. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, and then one time, because the, the bodies also have physics, so if you kill a monster, like it crumples in physics, I killed a monster zombie thing at, at the door. So I was really fucked. Because oh, the door was already, the thing up. Yeah, yeah, the door was okay. already not moving much, and now there was a body stuck in the door. That happened, but I gotcha. I pushed through. So I kind of recommend the game. I just don't like the intro because I think it's out of place. Um, but yeah. Well, you know, I think that's good advice, and I think it really um, should be taken to heart. Hopefully, that I'll, I'll send this to the puppet combo people. Because uh, I a lot of my horror game friends spoke really highly of Puppet Combo, um, and so you know, obviously people's tastes uh, vary, and you know, horror fans like a certain thing, and maybe other people wouldn't like it as much. But I didn't hear anybody saying anything like what you were describing. And it seems just like really just out of place. So maybe they should maybe they should get rid of that intro and get right to the horror stuff rather than have it be this kind of weird misogynistic sexual thing that doesn't really sound like it has any bearing on the rest of the game at all so yeah and by the way they also uh, it is uh, again the developer black eyed priest um, made blood wash which was on console I think it's still on there um, so I might go check that out as well because I'd like to see if they don't if they don't fumble the beginning on that one either I'm not sure all right interesting stuff that is night at the gates of hell all right thanks for checking that one out that yeah. was a very interesting one um i oof, let me talk about this next one i think you can chip in on this with me virgo versus the zodiac um you talked about it just real briefly maybe like two weeks ago and i'm like oh that sounds really interesting i'm gonna check that out and then i checked it out um and i think I suspect we both are probably going to feel the same way about it. Uh, we haven't really talked about it since then, but this is a sprite-based 2D... I mean, I guess in, in a general sense, it's kind of structured like a JRPG a little bit in terms of like the turn-based battles. Um, you are in an overworld where you walk around. Um, I don't exactly fully understand the story, uh, but basically you are Virgo, like the Zodiac sign, and then you're going to go fight all the rest of your sisters. I guess they're all the other the other Zodiac signs. I believe the first one you go up against is like Capricorn or something. Um, I'm not a huge fan of JRPGs in general, but what caught my attention about this one, like you got to describe it as being a little bit strange and unorthodox. So that's interesting. I, I like to see what people do that's outside of the norm. But when I did some reading on it, the thing that really caught my attention and that really sold me was they said that there are no random battles in this. They said that each level is crafted with a specific number of encounters so that you're not just like, you know, every three steps you're getting a random battle. Like it's like they everything here is meant to be there. And, yeah. you know, it's like the whole your path through each level is crafted. And that to me sounded very intriguing because I don't know that I've ever played a JRPG or, or similar where the developer completely removed random battles and just scripted out exactly how many battles that you were going to go through. That made it to sound to me like pretty strategic, right? Like if you know you've only got six battles to get through, you know, conserve your items or, you know, plan out your strategy or something like that. It just seemed like there was options and possibility for something in the JRPG space that maybe hasn't been there before. So that was what really got me into it. Um, so I picked up the game and started playing it. And I don't know about you, Carlos, but I cooled off on this almost immediately. Yeah, I mean, 
we can talk about it, but I think I love the art style. Again, it's a very simple art style, but yeah, um, I just kind of like the characters and I, I like the concepts of like um, some of the enemies and stuff. Like they're just like uh, people in business suits or whatever. Yeah. Or like mooses or something. And they're ghosts, suits. I think, or something. Oh, ghosts, that's right. Because yeah. you're in the Capricorn level, right? And Capricorn's right, a goat, that makes so. sense. But yeah, like I just, I like kind of the style and, um, you know, I don't want to say earthbound, but that kind of quirkiness it has going on. Um, you know, monsters and powers, but also kind of normal stuff like office buildings and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I dug that idea and I was also, I think kind of like you alluded to confused on what the hell this is though. Like, yeah. what is this world and why am I, who am I again? Uh, and I'm fighting for spirits or goddesses. I'm not sure. So I was very confused in the beginning, which is not a good sign. Yeah. And then the turn-based battles is the main reason I noped out of this because um, there is difficulty levels, and I did switch it down at some point because um, I couldn't see how you would ever, ever want to play normal. Yeah. Um, because the timing, it's all time-based battles and hitting buttons at certain times. Which was a bummer for me. I don't like, I don't enjoy those. Yeah. And again, later on, foreshadowing number two, uh, I think Sea of Stars does it pretty well. But this one's a not a nice to have hit button. It's a, you have to. You have to. Yeah. And if you don't, you're just gonna eat shit. There's also another mechanic that I didn't really care for, which is you create a shield, um, and like one of your options in turn-based battle is not just attack, but just create shield. And then if you create that correctly, which you also have to button time. Yeah. Then that thing can get hit before you get hit. But I just didn't like that whole system. Yeah, I mean, everything you're saying, and I'm sure our listeners are kind of confused right now, and I think that's appropriate because I think this is a very confusing game. Um, uh, the Man, it's like there's... It, you look at it and you feel like, oh, I probably know what's going on with this game. And then you start playing it. You're like, wait a minute. I, I have no idea what's going on with this game. Like it, it looks like something that's familiar, but it's not. Um, a lot of the terms and verbiage is just really different and changed. Like there's like virtue and there was like some other couple words that I don't normally associate with battle systems and JRPGs. And so I was kind of struggling to figure out what that was about. I don't think the tutorial does a very even a remotely good job explaining how everything works. It's very unorthodox and yeah. very unusual. Uh, I didn't understand the story. Like you said, I wasn't exactly sure who I was or what was going in, what was happening. I didn't have a good basis to start from. Um, and then as I got in, yeah, I really did not like the timing based battles. I thought that was just like, like you said, it's, it's not a nice to have, it's a must do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't appreciate that very much, but I, I, I mean, I don't even know how to even say this politely, but like, as I was playing this game, it made me feel like like I I was going through men- mental instability. Like I, wow. I was yeah, like I I was like losing my grip on reality because everything felt very disorganized. Everything felt like random and I didn't understand what was happening and I was like just trying to find my bearings and get my footing in this game and I just could not. It just it started out too wild and too strange and it didn't get me in right away and I just was like having some kind of a mental allergic reaction to it where I was like, nah, I can't, this is, I, I feel like I need some medication after playing this game. Like I don't, I don't yeah. feel well after playing this game mentally. So I bounced pretty quickly and, you know, I talked to some other folks who really liked it a lot and I just, I, I don't quite know why it was working for them and not for me. And it seems like it wasn't working for you either, but I, I quit on this pretty quick and I just did not find any of it to be to my taste. Well, you're, you're talking about two main mechanics that have to get people into a game because it's not like a TV show or movie, and it's the battle system or a system that you're going to be hitting buttons on, and there's a story. And neither of those I was into. So yeah. that is, and neither were you. 
So that makes sense why we would not play it. Other people could like that game system. Um, I also think even if you did like the story, it's still confusing. Like they still really could do a better yeah. job of setting that up because, again, I like some of the characters and it seemed like an interesting world they were building. I just couldn't get into it. So, yeah. So that one was a pretty quick note for me. Sounds like it was a note for you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's keep it going with the RPGs right now. Sea of Stars is one that I'm hearing a lot of people talk about. A lot of positive buzz. I know um, from reading a press release recently that they um, their sales and their popularity and the number of players and all that stuff wildly above their projection projections they were thinking they were going to hit a certain mark they sold way above that like more people are playing than they were expected like whatever it is this game seems to have been right place right time maybe they got the right secret sauce like whatever it is this game is is popping and everybody i in my feed is talking about this right now so i downloaded it on game pass uh, I believe you told me that it was on PS Plus. Yeah. I don't think I'm at the tier where I could download it, but I went over to Game oh. Pass. It was on Game Pass. Downloaded that. I haven't played it yet, uh, but I am dying to know. I haven't touched it, but uh, mm. everybody's talking. Carlos, I want you to do some talking. Tell us about Sea of Stars. It's interesting, by the way, that it's on PlayStation and Game Pass at the same time. Yeah. As a you know, Game Pass type uh, exclusive or it's not exclusive it's um available yeah it's like the 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 share as you like download service game i guess that's what yeah. i meant to say yeah. so by the way these are the developers who worked on the messenger did you play that is that the ninja game yeah, yeah. i hated that game i did not like that game it was way too fucking hard yeah i didn't even like it at all and um so sabotage studio uh, i like this game so there you go i just okay, put that good. out there i didn't like good turnaround other game. good turnaround but what, what this game is, it's 16-bit, you know, nostalgia bait in, in a way. You think that to start because it's like it looks like, you know, whatever you want to think about. Um, Chrono Trigger, Secret of Evermore, all those types of 16-bit, 16-bit RPGs. RPG. Yeah. Uh, it's turn-based. And that's not enough to get me in nowadays because, you know, there's 8 million of them. Yeah. But why I think it, this is different is two things. One thing that I texted you I'll, I'll talk about. Um, but in general, the story, again, like we just said, if it, if it's explained well and it gets you in and it can get you in quickly or not, uh, not 12 hours later or 30 hours later, um, it can help with games like this. Cause you know, you've seen a lot of the graphics before you've seen the style of RPG before, but what it does is a very good job of, and weirdly enough, it is, it does have a prelude. Is it prelude when it's like the story before? I say prelude, but I've heard it both ways. Okay. Prelude. Um, is it does it does one here? So you play as two characters, or you, you're kind of like following the story of two characters, and they're young people, and it kind of shows you in the present day their situation. I will say no spoilers here, uh, but then it just jumps back, and you play the most the majority of the tutorial and the kind of understanding the world as them as kids, kind of like growing up in this this landscape where they are basically going to be the next warriors, the next people to go you know, save the planet, et cetera. But they got to go through training. So they're like going through training and that's a good way to explain tutorial to you as well as show the world because this tutorial takes a while or this prelude takes a while. And so you are like learning about characters. You're learning about, you know, what's going on out there. And as you kind of like train at, at, at home or whatever. Um, and so then it jumps back to the future, to the present. And you can actually, you know, use all the things you learned in that training session. Got it? Got it. So what is the actual gameplay now? And the stuff you learn through the tutorials is the stuff you take with you on your new mission is it's a turn-based combat 
is all turn based, but at the same time it has those button presses, which is you know done very well in Super Mario RPG, which I loved. And a couple games can pull it off really well, which is if you hit the button at the right time when you attack, it does more damage or does something special. But um, this is a nice to have, not a must. A nice to have, not a must. And then if you do the same thing with defending, you can take less damage, right? If they attack you, you hit the button exact same time as they hit you, uh, you can take less damage. Now that's tricky because all the monsters, I feel like almost every monster hits you differently. So there's not just a regular timing. It's like you gotcha. gotta figure out each one, you know? Gotcha. Um, but the coolest uh, functionality, which I don't think they did this back in the day, is that um, one of the characters has this boomerang. And so you throw the boomerang and if it hits the you know monster and it comes back to you, you hit the button the right time, it sends it right back out. So you can keep doing that back and forth. Like infinite times? Until, yeah, until you miss the button, I think. So you can like rack up a whole bunch of damage as long as your timing is good? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it feels really good. These are about those systems that feel good, right? Those battle mechanics that feel good. This is the, the opposite of the other game. Uh, it feels great to do that. Like everything feels fun to do. And if you miss it, it doesn't matter. You know, like, okay, you didn't do as much damage. Or if you miss it when they hit you, you took the normal damage. You know, you didn't dodge everything. Right. It's not like catastrophic if you miss your timing. No, no. It's just, it's really good to do it and, it, and it's fun to do it. Uh, and then the other thing that's, I think, different about this game, for, for one thing, by the way, that story at the beginning, I didn't think I'd like it, but it really pulled me in. And I was like, I really care about these characters and what they're going to have to go through now. And now you are, you know, when you start the game proper, you are those characters grown up and going to go have to go out into the world. Without saying too much, there's other characters that are kind of like watching you, two characters kind of go through all this, the guy and the girl. And they're like, oh, those kids are in, in for trouble. <laughs> like, this is not going to go well for them. <laughs> Almost like a Game of Thrones kind of like, you know, older, wiser characters going like, yeah, yeah. man, this world's fucked. They're, they're screwed. So there's, like, there's innocence mixed with like, oh, there's some real problems up ahead, you know, when these guys go out into the real world. And what the real world is and what the, dri- uh, the kind of driving force is, is you find these big bosses. So I don't want to say it's a boss rush, but the idea is that you're going out in this world and fighting, you know, monsters like you do, but you're going to take down these big bosses. Uh, and by the way, one of the main evil guys is called the Fleshmancer. Gross. That's hardcore. So it's like it mixes like the innocence, you know, of old days and 16-bit days, and it adds a little new twist, which is kind of taking down these big monsters, uh, you know, with all the combos you've learned, as well as like some dark undertones. Um, and I think that's the magic of why it's doing so well. Let me ask you. So I think I've kind of got the gist of it here, but um, I guess if you're going to fight these like larger bosses and if that's like a main mechanic of the game is part of the gameplay that you have to like level up enough by the time you get there. Or do you feel like you're going to naturally be strong enough by the time you get there? Or is that even part of it? I can't speak to that enough because I haven't played it long enough to know that. I've just known that so far the pacing's been perfect. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I've not been worried about that. Okay. This doesn't feel like a game where it's like I've got to grind a bunch. Um, again, I'm early, so let, let's come back to this. But for me, it just feels like it's 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 handholding me enough, but it's also relying on me doing well in those battles. Gotcha. I think that's a good explanation of it. Okay. And so, as the rest of it, so um, is it like you've described the battles pretty well? But like when you're doing the rest of the stuff, like as you're, do you spend a lot of time like in villages talking to villagers? Like, are you doing like the normal? 
boilerplate JRPG 16-bit stuff, or they do do they change it up in that way as well? Or how is how is your time outside of combat spent? Well, that's great. Um, you like you set me up, like you you know we've done this before. Uh, because <laughs> like we've done this 150 times before. Yeah, there's uh, there's cooking and there's fishing, so that's there. Okay. And there's you know uh, listening to songs in taverns. I did that actually okay. once. Okay. All right. So there's world building, you know. Um, and also, uh, there's sailing. I forgot to mention that. So like you get in a boat and you kind of go around from place to place and there's the actual act of doing that is kind of relaxing, uh, which again, 16 bit in eight bit games had where you get in a boat and you go, you know, to the next sure. place. Sure. Cause everything's animated so well, it's just fun to do. Like it's relaxing to do. Um, yeah, just, just a bunch of little systems that you can do that are fun while you're not doing the battles. And again, I think the storytelling mixed with the fact that they have those little things in there and then, you know, bosses. It's just a cool combo. I think that's it. Like any secret sauce to a great movie, TV show to bring it back to multimedia and a game is to have all those pieces uh, and they kind of, you know, magically come together. And I don't think it, Messenger had that, their previous game, but this has that. It has a bunch of things together that make it really good. Oh, all right. Well, you know, I'm not much in the JRPG camp, but I've heard so many people talking about this one. Um, and what you said, I mean, sounds really positive. Even if I don't maybe don't click with it, it seems like it's definitely worth a look. And especially it's on Game Pass. It's also on PS Plus if you're on at least the middle tier. I'm on the low tier because I don't care. But if mm-hmm. you're on the middle tier, at least you can download this. So, it, you know, I'm guessing most people who listen to the show probably have at least one of those consoles. Um, probably will be able to get a hold of this game pretty easily and give it a shot. So it seems like it's worth a look. Yeah, it definitely is. And it, again, it, it it does enough different to make it not just another 16, you know, JRPG. 16-bit, right. yeah. Excellent. Sea of Stars. All right, there we go. Uh, let me talk about another game here because what that's what we do on the show is we talk yeah, about another game. Yeah. yeah, it's video games. This is what we're doing. I'm not going to change that now. We're going to just keep doing keep doing what we're doing. Chance of Sennar. S-E-N-N-A-A-R. Man, oh, spoiler, I had a pretty hard turn on this one halfway through, but let me tell you the story of this. It came out of nowhere. Um, I heard a couple of big-name critics talking about it just about the same time that I started getting PR about it. So I was like, okay, this is on my radar. I don't hear a lot of people talking, but some people that I pay attention to are talking about it. And this does seem like kind of my thing. Uh, it's hard to describe, but basically it's like a language logic puzzle game. Um, there's been several of these over the years. And I'm trying to think of, um, of course, I'm not going to be able to name a single one. Uh, but basically the gameplay is you play a person who needs to figure out a language. And you do this by observing symbols, written language in your environment, by talking to people. And they talk to you in the weird symbols that you don't understand until you decode them. You have a notebook. You have um, little clue helpers in your menu and stuff. Basically, you're this. It's it's third person isometric. You look like you're a person in a robe. The game starts. You come out of a coffin or like a crypt. I don't know if you're undead. Are you a robot? Are you? I don't know what's happening. Are you a prisoner? There's no spoken language in this game other than what you decode, and you don't know who you are or what's going on. Hmm. So you come out of this crypt and you get into this like land, and there's all these people talking a language that you don't understand. So everybody's friendly. There's no combat. You just like you're walking amongst these people and they're just like, blah, 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 blah. And when you look at their speech bubbles, it's all symbols that are just it's not letters or anything. It's like symbols. It's like triangle shape and a squiggly shape and a shape that has legs on it. And, you know, like you don't know what's going on. 
So you have to kind of wander around for a little bit. And at first, I felt like this game was really perfectly well done because I've played several of these language games and I feel like they always get too complicated too quickly. And something that I struggle with is not enough context. So I am a language professional in real life. I, mm-hmm. I do language for a living. I get paid. That's how I pay my bills is working with language. So I feel like this game should have been right in my alley. And it was at first because context is basically everything. So what I mean by that is you go to the first level and there's like a person and they like wave to you. They're like, blah, 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 but they're waving. And so you see three or four symbols in their bubble and you're like, okay, so one of these probably going to be them saying hello. So you go talk to like three or four other people and the next time you see somebody waving, you're like, okay, wait, what symbol did you use for that? I'm going to go back and compare with this other person. And then you find the one symbol that matches. And you're like, okay, that's got to be hello. Um, a logical leap, but a pretty good one to make. Um, and so you kind of go like you look at a, you see a guy who's got a, he's got a shop and he's doing pottery. He doesn't talk to you, but the sign above his shop is like a symbol. And you're thinking, okay, it's got to be pottery. It's either store or pottery because he's in a store and he's selling pottery. And then you go mm-hmm. see the next store over that guy's got like uh, guitars. And so you look at the shop's uh, the sign. The symbol that's different means pottery. And the one that's the same means store. Got it. Okay. So you're kind of going through those things. It works really well. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is great because they get it. Like they're giving you these real simple scenarios where you can kind of really quickly figure out what's what. Um, the context really helps you put these things together. And the statements are pretty straightforward. Uh, so I think it starts off really, really, really well. Great beginning. I think they get you into it quickly. You're able to put together a few pieces right off the bat. Um, you eventually find a couple like Rosetta Stones. For anybody that doesn't know, like the Rosetta Stone was a real life artifact in, in real life where I think there was like three different languages that were carved onto it. And it was the same thing. So when these people found the Rosetta Stone, they're like, holy shit, we understand language number one, but we don't understand language number two and three. But we know that this says the same thing in all three languages. Therefore, we can decode these other languages thanks oh. to this like thing, right? And now it's software. And now it's, it's, it's that's exactly where they get the name from, is yeah. from the Rosetta Stone that's in real life, right? So there's a number of like mini Rosetta Stones that you find. You can put them together. You find them in hidden places. And you're like, oh, dope. I know what these things are. And if this is giving me the clue, and if I plug these things in, boom. So that works well. The other thing that works well is... The notebook system of this game is really great. I think it's probably the best one I've ever played where they list all the symbols in the menu. You can see them right there. You can plug in a potential definition where it's not confirmed, but you're like, I think this means wood. I think this means drink. And it puts a little question mark and you can tell right off the bat just from looking at it, which ones you already know for sure, which ones you have a guess for, and which ones you have no fucking guess whatsoever. You can just look at them real quick and you just know. Okay, That's really great. There's also a book that has pictures in it and you're you're the one drawing the picture so like it'll be like a picture of a person waving a picture of a piece of wood and a picture of a boat and when you put those symbols into those pictures if you get it right it goes ding 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 confirm and it locks them in and it's like you're correct this is exactly what this means and then you know you know for a fact that's what that is and once you get those locked in you can use those as kind of touchstones to decode the rest of the language why do so, i feel like there's a huge butt coming there is a butt coming um so i feel like the system is great very uh-huh. great. I love the context. Figuring this out. First level, wonderful. You get to the second level, um, and it changes. Like, you go up a level, and then all of a sudden, the language is totally different. The first level is, like, peasants and regular villager people. You figure that out. You go to the next level. It's, like, the warrior people. And you're, like, in a big tower kind of a thing. Um, the second level is warriors. They have a totally different language. So 
I think it's kind of crap that if you're in a tower living with people, you're not going to have a completely different language on each level of the tower. That no. that was like a little bit of a first, like, you know, I, they got to have more for you to do. I get it. That's fine. Whatever. Okay. I let that, I let that go. But you start decoding it. And in this part, there's like some stealth pieces where the warriors don't like you. So you've got to like be sneaky, observe them carefully from a distance. You like hear their chants and you try to figure it out. Um, you find a couple more Rosetta Stones. You're like, okay, well, here's the, the warrior language. Here's the peasant language. F- got it. Got it. Figure it out. Works really well. Um, I think that part is really, really great. I was all in on this game. I was loving this game. You get to the third section out of, I believe, probably four. And the difficulty just like spiked like real hard. Um, oh. The script went into like an Arabic type script. It's not Arabic exactly, but it reminds me of that with like the loops and the twirls and the lines. And all of a sudden, I was like having a little bit of trouble discerning what letters were what because it's written in a different way. It's not clean like symbol, 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 like like of the American alphabet. It was like, you know, these looping lines, which line belongs to this letter, which line goes to that letter. I don't understand the, the underline. Is that part of where does that go? Like, I'm, I'm just not familiar with that kind of script. Mm-hmm. So that was one problem. They also changed it up. And I don't think this is really a spoiler, but anybody in the real world knows that not every language is the same. So you know, subject, object, verb, or sometimes you do a verb, subject, object, or like it depends. The structure of a sentence can be very different. For example, I am an expert in American Sign Language. I am also an expert in English. Those structures, completely fucking different. You would think they're the same. They are 100% not the fucking same. And so when they get to the third level, they start doing this thing where they put the subject first rather than last. And I wasn't ready for that. And I didn't have enough context to figure that out because not only do they change the structure of the language, but they also give you stuff that is more esoteric. Like rather than wood, boat, store, you're getting like love, funny, like more like, like, like esoteric um, emotions and things that are very hard to connect. And if you don't get what the person's trying to tell you, you don't have anything to base it on. And then you're just like lost. Right. So when someone's playing a guitar and they're like, blah, 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 blah. You're like, it's either guitar or music because that's all you can. That's all it can be, right? That's all they're saying. But like when someone points at you and they kind of gesture in the dance and they're like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, are you saying you're happy? Are you saying you're glad to see me? Are you saying you're dancing? Are you saying you're moving your arm? Like, I don't know what you're saying. I'm not getting what you're trying to tell me. And if you don't have enough context, I spent like half the time in level three, like with no guesses. I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. Mm. This is too abstract for me. I need something concrete. And then by the time I finally did find something concrete, like Goodwill was burning up. I was getting kind of tired of being lost and I had to go to a walkthrough, which is always like the beginning of the end for me, right? Like if you have to go to a walkthrough just to figure out what's going on, if you just need a nudge, that's one thing. But I was like, okay, I I have no idea what's going on. Give me the walkthrough. I plug in three or four words. And then at that point, it's like, well, what am I even bothering to play for? Because the whole point of the game is figuring out the words. But if I'm just following a walkthrough because I can't figure it out, then yeah, it's, it's not fun anymore. It's not the and, point. And so. you're the person, you're like our target audience, you know what I mean, for right, this kind right, of game. Right. So Yeah. So I, I feel like it spiked really hard in too many ways. In addition to the structure of the language changing, in addition to it becoming more esoteric and not like concrete, the level got bigger, like a lot bigger. And it's one thing to get lost for a while mentally, but if you've only got three or four rooms to go to, you're going to put things together pretty quickly. You know, there's only so many places you can go. There's only so many things you can look at. And by process of elimination, you can kind of figure it out. But when I got to level three, the level was huge. Um, I started getting lost. There's no map. And so I was like, okay, I don't remember where I was. I'm not sure where I'm supposed to go. I'm not sure where I've been already. And then like on top of not knowing any of the words, like I'm not sure which 
am I supposed to be here? Am I not here? Am I supposed to figure this out? Or did I go in the wrong order? Is there no way for me to figure this out? Should I go to this other room first? I just like, it just lost the structure that was supporting me the whole way. And I just, I noped out. Like I, I died. I just like, forget it. I'm out. I yeah. deleted the game because it was too much struggle, which is a real shame because I feel like level one and level two, perfect, spot on, yeah. great pace, great size, great context. I was down. Like I was enjoying it. But they just they made it too hard too fast and I I couldn't keep up and I just I lost the fun. I lost the thread of it. Which That's was so shame. weird and so unfortunate because what you said in the beginning was like you've mentioned another game like this before and you said they got it wildly wrong. I forgot which game that was, but it was like yeah. decoding words and you're like, I don't know what the hell any of these words mean. Yeah. I forgot what That's, game that was, but this one sounded like it nailed it for the first couple levels. And they did, they did, yeah. they totally nailed it, and it was just it was just a shame. You know, you could almost hear in my head, I could almost hear the developer going, okay, now we got to ramp it up. This is too easy. And I'm like, no, no, it's, yeah. it's fine. I, uh, it just sucked. It sucked. Cause I was really, I was all aboard level one, level two, love it. Level three, I'm out, which is just a real turnaround for me. And that's disappointing. So anyway, all right. chance of Sonar. Uh, oh, and the graphics are amazing. I, I got to throw that in. Oh, yeah, graphics I saw are, at least the screenshot. Yes. Too, graphics cool. are fucking yeah. amazing. I love the graphics. So great graphics, but Anyway, disappointing because I really, I really thought this was going to be uh, one for me this year, and it is not. So all anyway, right. all right, moving on to the uh, getting close to the end of the show here. Ocean Horn Two. Yeah, uh, I know that the first Ocean Horn kind of like a top-down Zelda-like. A lot of people like Ocean Horn, even though I don't hear people talking about it much. But the people I do, they like it. They say it's pretty good stuff. Uh, I think my wife even played the first one, and she was a big fan of it as well. So, Oceanhorn Two came out a while ago. What made you pick up Oceanhorn Two, Carlos? Oh, I guess it came out. I'm looking at it right now. It says August second. What's today? September something. So, like a month ago, but not too long. No, it came out way longer. No, nope, that. that's not true. That's not true. Gotta it's be. It's gotta be. No, you're thinking of a different game. Look it up or triple I'm, I'm check me. Keep talking. Keep talking. I think it's August because I remember seeing it come up in the PlayStation Store, going like, "Oh, a, a new release," uh, and it's Oceanhorn. 2019. No, no. You sure? Oceanhorn 2. Knights of the Lost Realm. Yes. Maybe it came to Steam, but I'm looking at it here. It says... Where would it come before Steam? Uh, I don't Where know. It, so it's the all-new 2023 release of, of coming to PS5, Xbox X, and PC. So it must have come It must have come somewhere before that. I'm looking right at it. It says September 19, 2019. Apple Arcade. Up. Apple Arcade. Is that where it was? That where it was, yeah. Okay, so that and so no it. one played it. <laughs> that that's that's exactly why. Sorry, even people who have like iPhones are like, I don't think using Apple Arcade as much. Yes, uh, iOS, Apple Arcade. There you oh, go. Oh, and it says uh, the Switch maybe before. Probably so. Yeah, okay, probably. that makes sense. Okay, but for Steam, for Windows, or whatever, and for brand Xbox, new for those platforms and and PlayStation, yeah, brand new. So Oceanhorn One is very similar, or two is similar to one. In the like you said, it's a Zelda, right? It's a Zelda type game, third person, run around, uh, do puzzles, fight monsters. You know, not really about leveling up, more about just like fighting. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And pla- and platforming in a way. Now I don't know about the first game because I didn't play it, but what's really weird about this game, especially in 2023, is there's no jump. And it's a very annoying thing at the beginning. I did get used to it. And I like this game, spoiler, quite a bit. Um, but man, that's a weird choice. So instead of jumping, you run around, you hit things with your sword, you can pick up things like Zelda, throw things, you know, smash pots, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's puzzles where like you throw, um, what's it called, a barrel 
on fire, you know, throw it into the fire. Oh, sure. Pick up the fire barrel, make, make that destroy a wall or whatever. Uh, bombs, etc. But you don't jump ever. And in the beginning, it was really annoying me. But what happens is when you go to a, like the edge of a platform, you just hit a button and then it auto jumps straight. Yeah, I mean that sounds pretty. That sounds pretty Zelda like as well. Like like Zelda is not really known for jumping in the early sixteen bit days, and so you'd either have the right, I guess the grappling the hook, hook yes. shot, or you would just like like you said, get to the edge and he would auto jump. Yeah, yeah. So it does that. I guess well, new modern Zelda can right. even jump and stuff. Right. So, um, so I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have minded that because I don't think it would have hurt the system at all. Like the whole game still would have worked. Um, Anyways, yeah, there's puzzles. Uh, you know, I won't really go into the story much. It's basically like very cookie cutter in a way where it's a fantasy world and you have to help. I don't even, I got confused on what the actual story was. I didn't care. Um, <laughs> there's there's a master and there's there companions and you're going to go fight bad guys. You know, I really don't even know what the fucking story is. And I played like 12 hours of it. Um you're basically just like there's these robot invaders and that's the twist is that it's fantasy world but there's like futuristic stuff in this world Mm -hmm, so like mm -hmm. you'll find like old remnants of like cars you know or motorbikes or hover bikes uh that's actually a whole level okay um and then there's robots that are all of a sudden attacking you there's a robot companion you have as well which is really cool but there's like these like spaceships above you at some point in the very early game like shooting missiles at you and stuff and you're like what the hell so there's this other force out there that is kind of futuristic, but you're in a fantasy setting. So that's the whole, that's all you need to know. And it's Zelda. Like, that's the game. Um, and yeah, I didn't really care too much. Funny, I just went kind of against what I said, where like sometimes you need that story and all that stuff to kind of get you excited uh, and make you want to keep playing. I don't really know still too much, but it doesn't matter because the mechanics are fun enough. And the a sense of discovery is really good. And also the kind of like, they don't like ding you for dying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like, again, kind of like an Apple Arcade game. You're just going along and it's fun. So I mean, you make a good point though, because I, I, it's funny because I believe, and tell me if you agree with this or not, I believe you can have a great game that has no story, but you cannot have a, a game that has great story, but really poor gameplay like do you feel that's true yeah i was just saying earlier like with sea of stars and other games that we mentioned today that don't have any of that it's having that perfect combo or at least a couple things out of three right like two things like ideally you would want all and when a game hits all that's like amazing but like it sometimes can be enough if you're just like jumping and you're like man this jumping feels fucking tight i love how this feels to jump or i love the grappling hook in this game or our gliding is really fun yeah and if the story is just like blah blah whatever it's still like a pretty good experience but if you're 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 reading a story and you're like well that's really interesting but then you get to the gameplay and you're like ah this feels terrible to play that's like a no-go that's that's perfect uh kind of bringing it back to the beginning and saying like when i played running wild there's no story right it's just yeah. the mechanics of running and jumping that's just fun. fun to play yeah exactly. and also with starfield just to touch on it one more second, I don't care at all about the story when I started that game. Yeah. And they give me no reason to care about my character or the story of the world. Uh, and that's the opposite of what I want, right? So, yeah, this has this kind of like the mechanics are fun enough. Um, you don't get stuck. The, the puzzles you can figure out at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, the companions and the kind of characters, they don't say a ton, but they're all like pleasant enough. It's just a pleasant experience. Yeah. I think that's my review. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm not scoring it, but if I would... It'd be like a 7.5 or something, like a fun time. 
and it does make you want to keep playing. I think the asterisk of what makes it special, and I, again, I didn't play the first one, but that idea of fantasy with future is kind of fun, you know? Like, they're called dark troopers, by the way, who are attacking us. Okay. Um, and they got airships, you know? It's like, that's heavy-duty shit, and we're like just Zelda down here, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. Link. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's spaceships, so that's a cool combo. And also, one of the missions early on was recover a hover bike, I was like, fuck, a hoverbike's in this game? And then it's just a whole level of you just, you know, doing that thing where you run away from monsters on the oh, hoverbike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was not expecting that. I was like, what? That's the whole thing now. And it had a little bit of physics and you could, you know, boost and stuff. And then I got off the hoverbike because it's smashed, of course, right? Of course. You can't have that with you. You can't for, have that yeah, with you. They got to get rid of it. Uh, and then you had, was doing more puzzles and I was fighting, you know, more things and finding more weapons. So, and he can throw things, you know, there's a little bit of physics where you can pick up an item and throw it and pick up a weapon and throw it. Everything about this is just fun. That's, yeah, it that's sounds my really like well, well put together, right? Just yeah. everything is real polished and. And I don't care enough about the story, but it doesn't really matter too much. So that's it. Yeah, that kind of tracks, dude, because I remember my wife playing the first Ocean Horn and she was like, yeah, this is basically just Zelda, but she really liked it because it was really well done. Like the people making it. They knew the marks they needed to hit. They had great graphics. Like, everything was polished. Like, it just performed really well and did what they needed it to do. And sometimes that's good enough, man. So, yeah. It's good enough like... for Oceanhorn 2, Knights of the Lost Realm. I don't know if I'm a knight. I don't know where the Lost Realm is. But it doesn't matter. It's good time all around. All yeah. right. Excellent. Excellent. Oceanhorn 2. All right. Let me talk for a minute about the thing that had me really confused for a second. Uh, Red Dead Redemption just got a port to the PlayStation 4. Well, this is a big topic because I don't know where you're going to go with this, but people are mad because they didn't actually do anything to it. Oh, I didn't know people were mad. Are people mad? That's what I'm getting. A lot of people online and, you know, YouTube, et cetera, because they could have done a lot with this. And I'll listen to your take. Yeah. They could have done anything to it. New textures or whatever. But I heard they just ported it straight up. Is that right? So he, yeah. So here's, yes, you are correct. So I don't know that people are mad. It makes sense that they're mad, but here's, here's where I'm coming with this. Got the, the email. Hey man, Red Dead Redemption. And I'm like, what? Didn't this come out? I mean, I played this. I finished this game whenever it dropped back in the day on PS3. Yep. So did I. Had a great time. Thought it was wonderful. Uh, you know, enjoyed it very much. Uh, and so they're like, they're poor. And I'm like, okay, cool. What's up at the port is like yeah switch and ps4 and i'm like ps4 am i reading this right yep ps4 so it's 2023 and i'm very confused as to why a ps4 thing is getting imported out to ps5 so basically cj salcedo covered this for a game critics if you want more in-depth detail he covered it really well this is okay so like red dead redemption great game i think it's great you probably like this game yeah. too i would imagine yeah, yeah great, game. great game great game but this port is just literally like the most bare bones straight port i'm not even sure that there's anything extra in it other That's than what I'm saying nothing yeah, is extra it comes with the undead nightmare dlc which i'll talk about in a second which is nice nice to have um i th- it seems like some of the cheats are unlocked in a menu i'm not 100 sure because i never played with cheats the first time around and i don't remember there being cheats i mean there must have been but i just played it vanilla straight through right so i didn't mess around with that it seems like there are some cheats, but when you turn on the cheats, it's like, oh, all your, uh, you can't save and your achievements are disabled. So I'm like, well, that's stupid. I'm not going to bother with any of this. 
Um, but it's just a straight port. It doesn't look better than I remember it looking. Um, the controls and stuff, they feel pretty outdated. So I'll, I finished this game, loved it back in the day. Great game. But playing it today, it feels whack, dude. It feels like the buttons are in the wrong place. Yes. Um, a lot of stuff that's become standard since that time, going back to the non-standard is like, uh, why is reload on this button? And why is duck over here? And why, why am I holding this button down to run? And what's like everything about the game, the control wise, it just feels like everything is being done wrong. And that's only because it was from a long time ago. We've come so far. Things have become normal. Like most people were going to put uh, reload on the square. And most people are going to put like duck on like the click the left stick or whatever. Like, you know, there's certain things that have become just par for the course. And unless you've got a really good reason, you don't want to mess with those because people's muscle memory can kick in and if you can leverage that it just gets people in your game a lot faster which is what people have figured out so i you can't change the controls i don't believe um and so the controls really relax i was fighting the controls constantly in this game and uh i didn't want to replay the main campaign i played it finished it it's great it's like a million hours long it's fun but i did never finish the undead nightmare campaign uh so this is a side story where zombies show up and john marston who is the hero of this his wife and son get bitten like in the first five seconds of the DLC. It's not really a spoiler. Uh, and then you got to go around from town to town, like shooting zombies and saving the world, which is cool. I love uh, occult Western zombies, cowboys, like mixing those things together. That's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But and you can jump right into it, which is great. You can just start the undead, uh, undead uh, nightmare. You don't have to play the first campaign. But despite the fact that they do give you a few control tips, like if you if you're not already familiar with how this game plays you're going to be lost like you're going to be like what's going on what button is which what like how how is this game playing i don't remember anything about it and it feels definitely scaled for like an end game sort of a thing i was getting overrun like really quickly i was dying all the time and the save system is like only when you make it back to a bed so you can go for a long time uh, between saves which was really disheartening um so i mean i think this is like it's a good game and it's great of its day but like, dude, this is crying out for update. Like, better save there system. Yeah. Update the controls. Update the graphics. Like, I would love to come back to this. And it's crazy because Red Dead Redemption Two, one of the biggest games of all time, still a top seller. It seems like money left on the table that they're not going to invest in this one because I bet a million people would buy this. I bet a million yeah. people haven't played this yet. And why are you not really doing this thing justice? It just blows me away. Well, okay. I don't know how big... Well, Rockstar has many different divisions of Rockstar. Yeah, they got several it's Rockstar, right? So yeah. you would think like they could send a whole team to just work on the up-res version. Yes. But maybe they're all, again, all hands on deck for GTA 6. Um, that motherfucker is like almost finished or probably finished now. So I don't know if that's what it is or all. I think they're different divisions. Rockstar North or whatever. But it's crazy. That's why I'm saying there was so much like kind of not hate, but like dislike for the fact they're not going to do anything to this. A fun story that I have, I was not expecting this, but after I beat Red Dead Redemption 2, which, man, I love that ending. That ending's so fucking cool. Minor spoiler for Red Dead Redemption. Wait, wait, don't spoil it because I haven't played it yet. Are you fucking kidding me? I know, dude. That game's like 9,000 hours long. I've got to play it when I retire. Don't spoil it for me. I don't even know what to do with myself right now. I'm sweating. I'm like... (laughs) I'm upset. I have it. I just I can't get into it because it's it's the biggest game ever and it's so complicated and I'm like I just don't have time for it. But I will play it. There's nothing coming up near the end of the year. You could probably do it now. Okay, it's one of the finest games I've played. Just like Witcher. Oh I, sure. I spent 
250 hours, I think, or something in Red Dead Redemption 2. Because not only did I play it, and I won't spoil it, but you just want to keep playing. Like, it's a fun world to be in. Right. It's like a GTA, but in the West, you know? Right, right, right. Um, oh, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to okay, it for sure. So what I'll say, though, is after I finished that, um, I picked up the disc for Red Dead Redemption 1. Because uh-huh. I was so enamored with this world. Okay. And I'd forgotten the story of the first one. I put it in, and I experienced all the things you just said. <laughs> I was like, I put the disc in, and it didn't do any upgrade, you know? And I just played it straight away, and I go, these buttons are wrong. Yeah. These buttons are wrong. I'm totally wrong. And I can't change them? Um, yeah. And then it was really hard, and I died a bunch. And I was like, yep. wait, I want to love this game, because I just finished two. Um, it's whack. It's whack that they wouldn't update this because I yeah. played that CD and I was like, no, this is wrong. You know, it's too old. Yeah, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. So, I mean, again, the game is great. And I think that if you haven't played the game and if you like Red Dead Redemption 2, as, as seems like most people do, I mean, I had a great time with Red Dead Redemption. I think it was uh, wonderful. Um, really enjoyed it. And I, I would love to play more of it. I would really love to play the Undead Nightmare campaign, but I just can't, dude. It's just like... Yeah. The difficulties out of whack. The controls are whack. Like I, I don't have the muscle memory for it, and it just, it just needs more um, polish and more reworking, more massaging, to make it more palatable to people who who may just be coming into it for the first time, or people who haven't played it since it was out or something. It just, you gotta just, you gotta spend the money, dude. And this is like a prestige game. This is like top shelf shit. Why would you not spend the money to like really? do it up i just yeah. rockstar is rich as fuck dude they got tons of cash in the bank they're constantly grand theft auto uh online constantly in the top five top ten ever since it came out dude they're selling copies week after week after week they got bajillions of dollars why are you not putting a couple bucks into this to make it nice i'm gonna put two my two cents out there i think i know what happened okay, okay. i don't have any insider information but it is what i'm guessing because i've known this industry long enough i think they worked on it the, the upgraded version and maybe the I even outsource it I don't know that'd be crazy of them to do but I've seen it happen uh, big studios outsourcing like the simplest you know sure, upgrades sure. or whatever and it got fucked up and it got fucked up and they couldn't fix it and they go let's just put it back out like as it is well that happened recently what was the thing that they just they upgraded but they fucked it up what was the the previous Rockstar game the very la- the most recent thing they did got fucked up just like you're saying what, what was I'm that saying? game I don't know what I'm yeah that's Whatever right. their most recent one was, they put it out and it was fucked, and everybody got fucking mad at them. And the oh, whole they got... upgraded. Um, was it the G- just the GTA stuff? Was it Vice City? Vice I don't City. Remember what it was. It was one of the ones that the rain looked wrong. Remember? Everything about it was wrong, and yeah. people were like, "What the hell are you doing? This is like an old ass game. Why does it not run?" And something happened in the porting. So you might be right. Maybe they wanted to avoid that nightmare again because yeah. they couldn't get it right, and they just put it out straight. But. It just it just sucks because I think this is a great game that deserves better, and I you know it's it's I don't know I'm just disappointed. This so. is your this is your um, signal to go play Red Dead Redemption Two. That's what it I is. I have it. I got to queue it up. I just you know it's like you said you you literally said first thing you said I played it for 250 hours. <laughs> so I'm like if I like it I oh, will probably do the same. So and the good. thought of taking on something that large I mean I haven't played Baldur's Gate Three yet because that's coming out to console. If, is it out? Is no, it soon? yeah, it's out. It's on console. It's out. Okay, yep. so like Baldur's Gate Three, I got to play that. There's a couple other like larger things that I'm thinking of, and I I don't have time this year to do it, or maybe well, after I get through that stuff. I'll say this one thing: the only reason I played uh, Red Dead that long is because you like the systems and stuff. But if you just mainline it, it won't take that long. Sure, sure. All, but I, I probably will like it though. I'll yeah. probably want to do like all the stuff and you know, hunt the jackalope and go after the bounties and solve the vampire story and all that stuff. I probably want to do all that stuff. So one of my favorite things in the world. Real quick story about it 
is because the NPCs, again, I love realistic stuff with NPCs. And I remember I there was a guy, and of course, you know me, I have to attack all the NPCs at some point. I hit somebody, uh, like some NPC guy, and he fell in a ditch, and then he got out of the ditch and he had a limp. And I felt so bad. It was That's worse so than funny. killing him. That's so funny. He like had a limp home, and then his that NPC direction, because uh, similar to like Ultima and some games that I appreciate, he had a like a system, right? He, he had to go home. Or he he went to the store in the morning. Had a routine, yeah. They have routines in that game, right? And so he had a limp, and he had to go home. So he just started limping home down the street. You should have shot him in the other leg to balance him out. Oh, I could have done that. Yeah. Then he. But, <laughs> Those little moments happen in that game, and it's it's fucking special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you're exactly right because as I was playing Undead Nightmare, I mean that that same shit happened. Not to the degree that I'm sure it happens in Red Dead Two, but like you know, I'm driving out to like some waypoint, right? And my horse, I'm driving, I'm riding my horse, right? And then all of a sudden, like a mystery horse shows up, and it's just like an unscripted thing. I'm like, oh yeah, I want I, I want that other horse, so I go after that horse. And while I'm on that horse, like somebody needs some help, and it's another unscripted thing where like somebody's in a ditch. I'm like, oh, I got to go help this guy. He's getting eaten by zombies. So I go, like, help that guy. And then as soon as I help that guy, oh, man, cougar attacked me. Fuck, got to fight this fucking cougar. And, like, you know, like, this, like, shit happens as you're just out there just kind of, like, randomly. And you're like, yeah, this feels like a living world. And it's so interesting because you never know what's going to happen and weird things pop up, which is great. And I would love for more people to do that. And I would love for more people to get into this game and experience that. But, like, it's just so tough when like you're hitting the wrong button for everything and it just feels so clunky and right right and by the way dude you just brought back the beginning of the podcast again that's skyrim like what you just experience is the thing that for me is missing from starfield it's like i'm just going to go do this and then do this and do this and not go into a loading menu you know what i mean i'm just going to experience this world so yeah but when you're fast traveling from menu to menu it doesn't really happen so yeah anyway all right that is the ps4 slash switch port of red dead redemption plus undead nightmare great game that deserved better and i guess we're going to leave it at that yep. so there you go uh last game of the show is uh for you carlos last epic is that right and it's the last game of the show all right well uh, tell I, us all i don't know anything about this one yeah so i um you know wholeheartedly love diablo 4 um i didn't really like the first season i did play it and beat it for all those haters if there's anybody out there he doesn't play his games that he doesn't like. No, I play the shit out of them and also cannot like them. Um, I love the fuck out of Diablo 4 in his whole campaign. I think it's done so good. Didn't like the season, but still had that itch, which is that ARPG itch. Um, you know, kind of like Path of Exile. And so I, I didn't want to go to Path of Exile because the new one, Path of Exile 2, is coming out next year. So I'm just going to wait for that because it's it's Wait, be- wait, 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 wait. Sorry. You're talking about Last Epoch, right? I am. E-P-O-C-H? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm getting okay. there. I'm getting there. No, I just didn't even know what we were talking about because I was trying to Google this game and it wasn't coming up. And I'm like, what the fuck is he, game is he talking about? Because I call Epic and you say Epoch. Epoch, we, yeah. We pronounce like, it differently. I'm thinking of E-P-I-C because there's Lost Epic that just oh, came out. yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of our reviewers just reviewed that. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound at all like what he's describing. But you're talking about Epoch, like E-P-O-C. Okay, got it. Yes. Last, last E-P-O-C-H. Last Epoch. epoch. Okay, got Weird. it. Thank so you. I do say Epic. Is Do people pronounce it that way or is it just me? I think it might be just you. The last Epoch. The last Epic. Okay, the last Epoch is what I meant. Okay, gotcha. Um, I, I, I now know where we're at. I am no longer lost. I got gotcha. you. Go backwards. Rewind. Um, I love Diablo 4. 
I like Path of Exile, but I don't want to play the that one because the yes. next one's coming out. Okay, but I want that itch, which is that ARPG uh, skills go in this top down view RPG, get skills, you know, uh, really work on your character and fine tune it and stuff like that. There's a nerdiness that's that people listening know um, that love that. You know, it's just this really addictive thing, and Diablo Four and Path of Exile have it. So what this game is, I found out, I forgot where, through the grapevine, is a bunch of people who love ARPGs and love Diablo 4 and love Path, but they have their own version of how they want to do it. They made their own game. So people who love these games and play the shit out of them made a small team and they made this game. Um, And they also like listen to other people, like, you know, feedback from... Uh, you know, the, the community and they put that in the game. So basically all the stuff that we kind of bitch about, we being people who love, you know, ARPGs, when the developers don't listen to us or like fuck up like Diablo 4 did with that patch, you know, these people are like, they've made a game and they want to listen to the community about it. Um, also, it's in early access, which I know is poison to you. But for some games, it really works. And this is a perfect one of those because if you think about ARPGs, a lot of them are always early access. Yeah, they like, stay there for a long time. Yeah, is yeah. Diablo ever finished? Not really. They're still doing patches. So I don't care about that. There's a main campaign. There's a story. I won't go into it. It doesn't really matter too much. Um, I think Diablo 4 was special where the story, the main campaign did matter. But in Path and in a lot of these games, it's just more about like the fun mechanics. Mm. Going back to our point again, it could just yes. be about one thing. Absolutely. Um, and so I don't care too much of the world building and there's a bad big bad guy and there's like an army that's supporting him and then there's these people who you know understand the world and magical powers better or whatever and i'm meeting them as i go along but it's just the mechanics are done so well again it's like no shit they like these games they built a game for them and for us um it's fucking great i don't want to say too much about it as soon as we're done with this podcast i'm gonna go play it uh tons of skills uh, not too many classes, but I don't need too many. Of course, I'm the barbarian type of character. Of course, of course. I knew uh, that. And they have a um, whirlwind barbarian is a huge you know, um, type of uh, class in Diablo. Mm-hmm. I'm playing that style in this game, um, which I didn't play in Diablo 4, actually. And I don't know everything. You did bleed barbarian. I did bleed barbarian and didn't and did more of a, not running around the screen as much. But yeah, it's just super fun. Like everything about it works. I found myself like an hour or two just gone. Like I wasn't even thinking about time anymore, uh, which is a great, you know, sign for these kind of games. So I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I forgot how much it is, but it's obviously early access, but it has a full campaign or at least a huge, you know, story campaign thing. Um, there's kind of end game already. They're like building end game stuff and Diablo four isn't even doing that. And this is early access game. So yeah, I don't need to say too much more if you know, path or diablo just check this out like you're gonna love it interesting okay cool you know that's huh you know i i do like these games when they're done well i don't play a lot of them but i do every once in a while really get into one um and it would be curious for me to see what the connoisseurs of this genre would do if given the chance to make their own game that sounds exactly like what they've done so yeah i would be curious to see what people who like these games want to see in these games and how different that would be from what I want, or if it's even the same thing, who knows? I, that's that's very curious to me. I'll have to check this one out. Well, let me tell you two more things about it because you, you bring this up. Is um, you know, they built what they want to build 
for these kind of games. There's a lot of quality of life stuff that, you know, just works, which is great. But they also built some other system that I haven't really figured out yet. But this game takes place in different time eras. So there's time travel, I guess. Oh, okay. Because when I went to the map, it was like, here's the map in this era. And now here's the map in another time era. So I don't know. I haven't got to the story part where that happens yet. But that was very interesting. Uh, there was also fast travel that just worked. Um, didn't take you out of the experience. It was very quick, like lightning fast. And then you're back in the in the you know the world map that you're doing. The mini map worked. All the stuff like where you're selling things just made sense. Now I'm using controller for Steam, but I do sometimes switch over to the mouse to do like inventory stuff. That's kind of a tricky thing. Most people will probably play this with their mouse and keyboard, but I like you know maneuvering with a controller. But even doing that was fine. Like I just put my controller down for a while when I was doing management stuff. Hmm. But yeah, they're doing a couple different things with like the time periods. Um, and there's a couple other small things they're doing that are different. So I just, I just highly recommend it. It's very fun and I love it. Right on. Last Epoch last on epic. Steam. <laughs> lost Epic, Last Epoch. Uh, either one of those is a good game to play, I guess. Yes. I don't know. Oh, check it out. Check it out. That sounds check like an out. interesting thing. Check it out. All right, folks, that is the end of the main content of the show. We just a couple non-games or games adjacent things here to talk about before we before we bounce. Carlos, you got any extra stuff uh, before we go? Just one thing. Um, <clears throat> and it's funny because I mentioned to you, and, and I know you bounced from it, but I can't stop watching Our Flag Means Death. Oh, everybody in my feed loves that show. Um, and I love Taika Waititi, but, man, something about that show just did not click with us. The whole family was like, nah. I'll tell you what. Okay. I've told you this in text, but I'll tell you on the podcast and people listening. The first 20 or 30 minutes is terrible for some reason in this show. I don't know why. It doesn't bring you in. Not like we're a reoccurring theme this whole show, but it doesn't, it didn't hook me at all. So when you said that, I totally got it. I was like, I literally went back to my Max, you know, website, Yeah. looked at where I stopped it, and it was like about 30 minutes in, and I did not stop, keep playing it. And I was like, no, I, this isn't for me, I don't think. Um, then I finished the first episode and was more interested because the idea is it's um, a guy who has, you know, kind of cushy lifestyle in whatever period this is. The American, uh, what's the time period? It's like pirates and stuff, right? The, it's pirate period. Yeah. The there's like, you know, period. civilized world and they, there's, you know, uh, fancy people with a lot of money. Uh, Marie Antoinette type. Yeah. Style, it's like right? when they're when they're colonizing the, the Caribbean and stuff. Like yes. That yes. That. Yeah. So there's this one, you know. You would think a snooty guy, but he knows he's just a down-to-earth guy who has given him, you know, his life given him a lot of, like, luxury. And he has this huge house and a mansion and a wife he didn't pick, you know, an arranged marriage. And that's his whole story, which is interesting, different than a, you know, a normal pirate or whatever. And he just wants to leave that whole world and go be a pirate, which is a kind of funny idea. Um, but, yeah, I didn't care for the character. I didn't care for – I wasn't, you know, buying into it. Then you learn at some point – yeah, this kind of weird backstory that he like left his family, which is dark. And then he wants to go on the, on the seas and he meets Blackbeard. And Blackbeard's the other main character, which is played by Taika, uh, which I love anything he does. He also produces and directed a bunch of them. But the reason why I say is give it more time is because episode two, when it finished, I know we just said don't have to give things 30 hours. But around episode two, when it finished, I was all the way in. And episode three is fantastic. And then what they do in episode four and five is they introduce more and more people you might know, like Nick Kroll's in it and fucking Fred Armisen shows up mm -hmm. and people who I already like as right. comedians. Sure. I like those guys. 
and so it like that adds to its value. So I would call this a long burn or slow burn or something. Uh, but I am like all the way in because also what they do is Blackbird, you know, he's like supposed to be this huge guy who destroys everybody and is awful in history, but it's Taika, right? right. So I don't want to spoil anything, but he has an alliance with this like weird little character who shouldn't be on a pirate ship at all. And then they meet and they have a kinship. That kinship is cool as fuck and is totally worth keep watching the show. Because for me, that that's what caught me and got me into this, this show. So I, I can't speak highly enough enough, but it is a slow burn, weirdly enough. I mean, that's what people are saying. Everybody I've talked to loves this show. But like you said, I don't know if we watched one episode or two episodes, maybe just one. But like, I remember all of us being like, mm, no. And we've got like so many other shows. Like if something doesn't grab us, I like know. even, you know, it's like I got I got so many other things to watch, man. But I, I do feel like you like watch a, one show. I feel probably like just one. Probably just one. Yeah. Because the right. second one starts going like, what? And then, uh, yeah, at the end of two, you're like, uh, you should be all in by the end of two. All right, I'll, I'll have to put it back on the back burner. It's It's been off our list, but I'll put it back on the list, although it's kind of like in the middle or, or bottom right now. We got watch, a lot of other stuff to get to. Watch how life imitates our imitates podcast. You told me to go back to Gates of Hell, horror game. Yes. And I'm glad I did. Watch us do it again. You go back All to right. this show, and maybe you'll be glad you did. All right, we can do that. Um, anything else, or are you That's good it. on that? That's what I got. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dovetail perfectly on this. Dovetail gonna dovetail on this because speaking of pirate shows yes not not our flag means death but recently netflix launched a live action adaptation of one piece one of the most successful anime properties of all time uh to be frank i know what one piece is because you cannot be in games and not like come across it at some point yeah um so i know pirates the main character you know like i know like the general highlights but i've never watched one piece i've never read one piece i've never played any of the one piece games i don't i don't really know anything about it other than the fact that it exists right and that it's pirates and it's anime whatever um so i heard some people talking about it and they're like oh my god like finally somebody gets it right when they came to live action i'm like okay well i don't know anything about it i don't have any stakes i have no skin in this game whatsoever i don't know anybody i don't know any characters i don't know the story i don't know shit about anything so I can approach this like completely unbiased, right? Like I'm not, I'm not coming to it like an anime fan. Like, are you going to get this right? Yeah. Are you going to hit this beat? You know, like sometimes when you know a property really well and you get an adaptation, you're, you're just watching it for the mistakes or whatever, um, which I've done in the past myself, not for this, but for other things. But I get, you know, I'm just like, I don't know what it is. Just show me what you got because I don't know shit about nothing. So we start watching it yesterday. I got to admit, it was a little bit of a hard sell. The wife was like, I don't know about this. And the kid was like, I don't want to watch this. Um, but I'm like, well, I heard good things. Let's just give it a shot. So we watched first episode. Everybody's like, oh, let's watch another one. And like, we watch another one and like, oh, let's watch some more. Like, it was pretty good. It was fun. It was really fun. Um, I don't know how faithful it is. I don't know what licenses they take or whatever. But um, once you get past the fact that this is an adaptation of anime, I mean, everybody's hair is like whack in this fucking movie. Uh, it's a show. It's a show. It's well, eight not episodes. Luffy. Not, not, not monkey. No, his really. is his is normal. Main he's character. Got he's got normal normal hair, and he seems to be um, a person of like Latin origin or something. Oh, I, don't I know love. That's I love true. the actor, whoever it is. He's awesome. I he's think. great. Have yeah. you seen this? Have you seen part of it? I have. Yeah, yeah. That's why okay. I was waiting. Okay. To, yeah, yeah. To say Luffy's my piece. Luffy's hair is great. Everybody else's hair is kind of whack, and some you know people look kind of weird, and you're like, okay, obviously they're trying to make him look like the anime character. Once you just accept that and move on. 
I thought it was really fun. We watched the first two and a half episodes or so. We were all in. It was just like cool fights and cool special effects and mm. action, action, action. And it was easy to follow. And we just really liked it. So um, I think so far, uh, 2.5 episodes in out of eight. I think it's a thumbs up so far. We're definitely going to watch some more today. And it has gotten me interested to check out, you know, the anime and maybe one of the games to see like what else this property has to offer. So, yeah, I 100 percent agree. It's a fun romp. Yeah, um, I think what it is when I went back and played that RPG. Remember uh, recently I played a one. Yeah, piece RPG. Bando Namkai put out uh, Bando <laughs> Bando Namkai. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's a that's a fun title. Um Bandai Namco. Namco. I'm going to put that as the title that was giving. That's a good title. Um, I think I'm also going to go back now and play that, finish that game because I played a ton of the RPG. And that RPG for me was kind of an introduction because I was like you, I didn't read the manga and stuff or the anime. But what I did is I played that game. That game made me want to watch some anime. I watched a ton of anime actually um, and watched like the very beginning. I kind of like look at screenshots of the very first manga and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the very beginning of that series and uh, kind of retold in the RPG is the beginning of this Netflix show. So they don't, they like really nail that beginning, which is that, you know, pirate that they're kind of trying to defeat with like, um, you know, monkey inside the basket and he comes out and stuff like that. All that's like straightforward, you know, like from the show. Okay. Um, But the liberties they take us, they just make it simpler. Like they, they cut out a ton of stuff. Like they kind of side stories or side missions and it's just a simpler version. But I think for people who don't know the show or don't even want to go back to it or whatever, it's fine. You know, it's just a fun romp. And, um, I think a lot of it was, was faithful, but, uh, the stuff that isn't there, it's just like they omitted it. You know what I mean? Right. No. And and you have to, right? Like this is not, whenever you do one of these adaptations, it's not about, beat for beat every single fucking thing that you loved whether it's harry potter or anime or whatever like you gotta you gotta realize or lord lord of the rings or something you can't get every fucking thing in the tv show that you had in the book or that you had in nine thousand issues of a manga yeah i mean you've got to adapt it i mean that's why they call them fucking adaptations so i think going simpler makes a lot of sense and so far the family and i are like following along no problem you know we didn't get lost we weren't confused like they lay out what's going on and why it's happening and we're just having a fun time and not knowing anything about it. I think it's really entertaining and, and well done. So, yep. and and also it's, it's inspired me to consider watching the anime, which I probably wouldn't have done before seeing the show. So I think it's a, an, an excellent adaptation and it's probably doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. Wow. How two wins then like the video game did that for me too. The video game made me want to go back and watch the, the, the show, uh, which by the way, it's a little gargantuan task because there's like many movies you know what I mean? Yeah. Many different, you know, anime and stuff. So it's like, it's, it's a big, it's like a big property. Like I think there's like it's 900 huge. episodes or even more. Like, I mean, I think the only thing on par with it is like what Dragon Ball or something. Yeah. It's like a Dragon Ball. It's like, you yeah, go, it's where do I even go? What's the timeline? So it's daunting, but that's why this is so good. And by the way, I highly recommend that RPG too. Okay. Um, I think it's very, very good way to get into that world is both those things. All right. So that is a thumbs up for the one piece adaptation on Netflix. Um, I do want to talk really briefly about Popeye's chicken sandwich. Have you ever had it? Yes. So everybody, if you remember like a year or two ago or wherever, whenever it was, Popeye's chicken sandwich blew up and it took over the world for like a week where everybody and their and their brother was like, oh, my God, Popeye's chicken sandwich is the shit. It's the best chicken sandwich ever. America's best chicken sandwich. Blah, 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 blah. There were people 
fighting over like getting out of place in line to go like like Popeyes was selling out of the chicken sandwich. Oh yeah, it was nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it was like ridiculous, right? So I remembered all that. I was not motivated to track one down because I don't really. I didn't have one near me until recently, so I wasn't gonna go drive like an hour to go find a Popeyes or something. Um, but they they just opened one up uh, nearby, and so the wife and I were out fully masked, avoiding COVID. But we do we do like takeout sometimes. And I'm like, oh, shit, here's a Popeye. Let's try that fucking chicken sandwich. Um, yeah, okay, it was a chicken sandwich. I mean, it was like... The way to describe it, I think, is like, I think the chicken is fine. Um, but the chicken sandwich is not anywhere near the best chicken sandwich I've ever had. Because it strikes me as not really a sandwich. It is is technically a sandwich in that it has a filling and two pieces of bread. But like... To me, a good sandwich is like a balance of like the kind of bread you choose, the meat you have inside of it or vegetarian fillings or whatever you have, sauces, spices, whether you have like garnish or whatever. Like you, you craft like the whole sandwich as, as, a, as a thing, right? The Popeye's chicken sandwich to me felt like here's a piece of chicken. We're going to put it between two pieces of bread mm-hmm. and a couple pickles and there you go. And it didn't feel like a very well-balanced sandwich. It wasn't like a very satisfying sandwich. No. Um, it just was just like a, okay, I had a s- chicken sandwich and it, was, it wasn't it was bad, but it wasn't anything to write home about and I certainly wouldn't get it again. I'm just like, I'm severely, severely unimpressed and underwhelmed with the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Carlos, your thoughts? <laughs> I could have told you that. As soon as you said Popeye's chicken sandwich, I was like, oh, he's underwhelmed. Super I, I underwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's similar to like another one. I think BK has one, not like I have much fast food ever right now, but where it's just like, it's just chicken and bun yeah, and pickle and mayo, maybe. And then if you say you want something extra, you can, but that's not how it comes. Um, I never thought those were good or, or great or anything. They taste like, yeah, a chicken sandwich, um, the most basic you can have. Yeah. So no, I agree with you that it's nothing special at all. And even wasn't during the craze. Um, there's so many more better sandwiches at so many different places. Well, yeah, dude. Yeah, I just like it's just and and, and honestly, I was unimpressed with Popeye's food in general. This was the first time I'd been to it. Um, so the chicken sandwich, unimpressive. I asked for a mango lemonade and it was just like straight up lemonade and they squirted some mango stuff in it. Like it wasn't even like its own blend. I got the coleslaw and it was gross. I did. I couldn't even eat the coleslaw because it tasted like plastic. Yeah. And so I was like, this is this is not good. Um, I don't know why people are so excited about this. It just is gross. So. You know what it is really at the end of the day, it's like that addictive thing that people just like to eat. And it's like more like they're addicted to that thing. And it's less about if it's good or not. I don't know. I yeah. feel like that's it. Like lots of people will have like a certain type of pizza and they're like, this is the best thing. But just cause it's what they've, you know, I don't know, like or something. I don't know. But it just makes me think of, um, another quick tangent is that back in the day, I swear fast food was better. I mean, probably because I just feel like, you know, like I know for a fact that Taco Bell, where I worked when I was 14, we like ground the beef ourselves. You know, oh, we wow. Did yeah. You yeah. do that these days. Yeah. Yeah. I had the little, um, what's that little, you're a cook person, the device that has like the little, uh, loop de loops at the end of it that you ground beef with. It's, <laughs> it's like a stick, but it's like, got um, like, a what's it like, uh, you know, you're going like a circle and then a, What's it I have called? no idea. What you're it's talking. like a meat masher or something. 
Uh, I don't know, man. I, I honestly no, don't know. it's going to bother me. Anyways, there's a little device. I had to ground the beef myself. We we just did more preparation of the actual food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I had Wendy's back in the day when I was a kid, I just feel like those sandwiches were like so juicy and huge. I don't know if how much it's how much that just like memory, you know, incorrectness. But I remember having Bur- uh, uh, Burger King chicken sandwich. As soon mm-hmm. as you said it, is what I first thought of. And it was one of those ones. I think they still do them. The long loaf. Kind yes, of bun. it's like a, like a yes, the elongated chicken elongated sandwich. bright. And it was a lot of good good lettuce. It was when I was a kid, and pickles and mayonnaise and a couple other things on it. And the chicken was crispy, and every and the the bisque, the bun was kind of toasted. I remember them being amazing, but yeah. I just feel like they won't be this nowadays. I don't know. I've had one recently, and they're gross. They're I gross. Can't even see? Eat it. Yeah. yeah, but I will say, I do agree with you that over time, you get less. It costs more. The quality goes down for sure. Yeah. But I will say, I do think that the Wendy's chicken sandwich, the spicy chicken sandwich. Oh, that's still good, still, isn't it? Still still good, dude. I have it like yeah. maybe like once a week. And I'm like, it's still pretty killer. And w- people coming up to me saying Popeye's is the best in America. Fuck off. There's no way. No. There's no way that's the best chicken sandwich. I think if you're going to talk, like if you're not talking like fancy restaurant, you're talking like a fast food drive through something like that. Like if that's what we're talking about, I think Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich is America's best, dude. I don't think dude. anything's beaten that. Perfect. I agree with you. Here is a great ending to our podcast. If you were frustrated by our score for Starfield, (laughs) Popeye's chicken sandwich is 6.5. Oh, man. I'm like like a five on that. Okay. Okay. Or six. You talked me down last time. You just talked me down again. I mean, you can give it a score. I'll give it my own score. I feel like I'm a five. You're a six. No, no, I think I'm a six. I'm a six. Okay. Okay. You're a six. Uh, Because you talked me down just like Starfield. And Wendy's chicken sandwich... Uh, 8.5. Ah, man, that's, yeah, I'm with you. 8.5 sounds about right, dude, because you could put a couple things on there to jazz it up, but as it is, it's pretty fucking good as it is, so. Yeah, come at us. There you go. There you go. 8.5, Wendy's Spicy Chicken Sandwich. There <laughs> Better than is. Popeye's. <laughs> that could be the title of the podcast, and that might get the clicks. That would be funny. I'll put that up there. One final thing before we go, just a quick shout out to my friend uh, James Etock, who is basically the world's foremost expert on Masters of the Universe and He-Man. I don't know anybody who knows more about it than he does, who has done more work to preserve it, who has done more to promote it. James is doing God's work out here. He is he is the king when it comes to He-Man. Um, he just put out a YouTube video that I would like you all to check out if you have an interest in Masters of the Universe. It's called 40 Years of He-Man. It's like this long retrospective. It's like an hour long. Um, he talks about... Uh, his influences, the toys, everything. It's just a really cool kind of like just something to watch if you want to think about He-Man that it's been around for 40 fucking years um, in one form or another and still going strong. So it's a great video. James makes wonderful videos and uh, not to not to uh, be biased or anything, but uh, I do make a brief appearance in that video. So oh, there's there a minute there. Lots of people do. Lots of people do. Fans from all across the world sent in little clips that he, he edited together and it's really fucking fun. It's amazing to see all these different people from from across the globe like celebrate this thing that we all love. So check it out. 40 Years of He-Man uh, from James Etoch, E-A-T-O-C-K. He's also known as Serial Geek, uh, Serial S- or C-E-R-E-A-L Geek, like cereal, like breakfast cereal. Um, check him out on all the social media. That's his name. Uh, check out that video. It's great stuff. And I believe that's going to do it. Carlos, you good? Two and a half hours. Yeah, we're good. I'm good. We're good. That's a show, folks. Uh, as we said at the top of the show, give us a review. Give us a share. Tell a friend. That would be great. 
Also, reach out to us. We'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up individually. Carlos, your traffic this week, where is it going? Well, I left Twitter, finally. Thank yep. you. Yep. Uh, not there. Uh, I'm on Blue Sky, but I don't care uh, either. Really. No, I'm, I'm on there just to, <laughs> to be on there. No, but just follow me on TikTok. It's, um, it's, there's obviously my Carlos Rodella account, but glitch through the ground, glitch through the ground, GTTG, if you search for either of those. Uh, just follow me on there. That's where all the actions happen. And I play video games wrong or weirdly, and people talk to me about it, and I make videos of them. All right, sounds great. I'm on basically every platform, but mostly Blue Sky and Twitter, I guess, for the moment, and Instagram as well. That's mostly about toys. But follow me wherever, reach out wherever. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's, and that's going to do it for episode 353. Thank you so much again for joining us here on the Soviet Games podcast, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. 